This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. They just talk all Sam and Dean. What is with you and banging monsters? They started season four. And this is Monster of the Week, a creepy but necessary podcast about the TV show Supernatural. We are here today to get into some um, not great episodes, Chris. We're uh, I'm not I'm not enthusiastic about these three. We were doing so well up until uh, Family Remains, and I know you, we've had this discussion. I know you liked Family Remains a little bit better than I did, but now we're we feel like I'm in I'm, I'm in like mid season like tread mode basically. Like yeah. I'm just treading water over here. It's tough that they they slumped four of these together mm-hmm. because I think spread out throughout the season between real heavy mythology episodes, these all would have fared a little bit better. Um, but when you're watching, I mean, again, I liked Family Remains, you didn't. But even after watching one like that and then you go into the next one, you think, okay, well, this is still not really giving me what I want. And then the next one, you're like, okay, yeah, not a bad episode, but it's still kind of holding off on really giving me that juicy shit that I need. Um, have any seals been broken? We don't know. Uh, and then, and, but yeah, by the fourth one, it was uh, definitely starting to, to to wear a little bit. Again, this is coming from the perspective of people who do a podcast about the show and who have sure. to try and uh, pull something out of it. And it's not like these are these are bad episodes. They're just not the stellar quality that we've come to be used to in season four. And that's and that's the big thing is that they're not terrible episodes like this isn't a racist truck or this isn't a bugs uh but i would argue that those two episodes um and this was my main thrust on family remains which i thought was okay just not a real supernatural episode but some of these like some of this doesn't feel like a supernatural episode either um like yeah. at least some magic shit happens i'll say that at least some supernatural <laughs> shit happens in these three which is always a good thing but at the same time it feels like they're just kind of playing with ideas and in season 1 when they did this it was all like they had the hook of these urban legends that they were dealing with and like this we're dealing with like like what is the supernatural stuff that happens in Chris Hazel is a douchebag apparently he just put a tarot card on somebody and they die in weird yep. ways like that's yep. Like that's that's barely even magic. <laughs> like it's not even. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we've seen this with hex bags, and like you have to go sacrifice a baby and some chickens to make a hex bag. Like that seems like you have Again, to put some work. Sam into and it. Dean do more magic than is done in these magic episodes. Hundred percent. Yeah, they should definitely be hunting themselves yeah. at this point. Um, they cast more spells than magicians. So before we get into these, uh, and before we get into our road so far, uh, we have we have some we have some information we'd like to share with the world. Um, friend of the show, my good friend Jala, Jala Prentice, um, who you can find at Jala Channel Online. Um, if you're familiar with Jala, you've, you've heard a lot about this. Um, if you're not familiar with Jala, she's one of the nicest people and one of the most, like, one of the, the healthiest people I know. She's a vegetarian. She runs like 87,000 miles every day. It's fucking That's insanity. So it's so many miles. I don't, do not be her Fitbit friend. It just makes you super depressed. Um, but she's had some, some, some tough times in her life recently. She's just had some car trouble and she's had some other problems. And then all of a sudden she had, um, a resurgence of her cancer that she had, um, had surgery for several years ago. So that required some other stuff, which I'm not going to go into the sticks medical history on a podcast about supernatural, but as you might imagine, 
in our super terrible American healthcare system. Uh, she's kind of behind the eight ball on some healthcare bills because of that. Uh, her friends at the duck feed network. And if you're not familiar with the duck feed network, just go to duck feed TV. I do a podcast over there too. It's, it's a, it's a good place for good podcast and good people. She's a regular co-host on one of their shows called the level. The community over at duck feed is going to do a streaming charity or a charity stream is probably the better way to say that. So that'll be the week. Once again, I did not pull up any information about this. Um, but that'll be in two or three weekends. I'll be streaming some like VR stuff, which is going to be super fun. Uh, so July 29th and 30th, I'll actually be streaming a couple of times. So I'll be streaming on the 29th and on the 30th. Uh, we're going to be going for 48 hours straight, tons of people, tons of games, tons of prizes. My buddy, Brian Wade is going to be giving away like a bloodborne art book. I'm probably going to be giving away some stuff. I don't know what yet, but I'll, I'll pull like some, uh, some I've got a, just a ton of cloud figurines over here that I can pull up so, so I can just give those out like candy. So Dang, dog. I know, I know, I know. Don't ask me where I got them. They fell off a Boston truck. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, wink, wink, that's nudge. <laughs> But I've got my hands on a bunch of cloud. It is cloud, right, Chris? It's not. Yes. It's, <laughs> yeah. Because I do have a lot of cloud figures. But it's, that's not your boy, though. Who's the guy from Eight Storm? Oh, that's Squall. That's Squall. Squall. Storm. Get the fuck out of here. Oh yeah, like Squall is even be- any better. <laughs> don't act like you don't know. Squall. What a dumb name for a character. It is a really dumb name. My my name is Doorknob. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to be streaming uh, to try to raise some money for her surgery and some of the bills that she has to pay. So if you're interested in that, go to GoFundMe.com slash Jalachan. That's J-L-A-C-H-A-N. I'll put that in the show notes as well. And then um, just go check that out. That has all of the details. But yeah, you can come see your boy stream some virtual reality shit, which is going to be a fucking train wreck. So that should be super good. Uh, I'm just not... Chris, it's gonna be it's gonna be really weird. Me and three other people playing a multiplayer virtual reality game over the internet on a stream. It's gonna be no no mistakes anticipated whatsoever. <laughs> no, no, friend, no friend of the show. By the way, uh, friend of the show, Autumn Greer will be because uh, I can't see chat because I'm in a totally different reality. I am in the P- PlayStation virtual reality. I'm not in this shitty reality anymore. Sure. So Autumn's going to hang back in the shitty reality and rechat and everything like that. So she'll be participating. So if you've ever wanted to hear my wife talk about internet chat, I guess, I don't know. Just go to GoFundMe.com slash Jollichan and uh, donate if you can. If not, you know, maybe share the link if, if you can. If not, then go hang out with us on the stream and help out. Right on. Um, what else do we got to talk about? Road so far, right? Yeah, let's get into some Supernatural. What, what, catch think, us up, Chris. I don't Chris. think we have anything else to, to go over right um, No, no, we're good. Okay, road so far. In I Know What You Did Last Summer, Sam boned a demon. In Heaven and Hell, Dean boned an angel with Accurate. surprisingly little nipple play, uh, given his history. Mm-hmm. And finally, in Family Remains, our hunks rescue a family from turning into a bad Lifetime horror movie. True, true. I um, So our first episode today is Chris Angel is a Douchebag. It's written by Julie Siege and directed by Robert Singer. The official description says, A formerly famous magician living in a small town makes a deal to acquire real magical powers and pays a heavy price for it when a murder occurs. Totally inaccurate. Like, this is that's not, not a, That's not correct. None, none, of, this not. Is, none of this is accurate. Uh, let's talk about this story because, number one, the episode title is, is kind of a shocker here. Chris Angel is a douchebag. Like, that's yeah, they a, just go for they it. They just went for I that. Mean, he- it's true and not wrong and they have uh they go so far as to like make a chris angel look alike who 
acknowledges that Chris Angel lives in the supernatural universe, by the way. So that's some, some you know, so Chris yeah. Angel is, you know, living in the supernatural universe. But he's got, like, the black makeup and everything like that. Like, he's got, like, Chris Angel's whole vibe stolen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this dude looks like a My Chemical Romance reject or, you know, one of those, uh, one of those teen bands. Uh, a def- definite douchebag, right? <laughs> definite, definite douchebag. Uh, meanwhile, we have our three magicians that we're going to kind of be following around. These are like... I can't fucking believe we're talking about magicians right now. I just want to put them out there. <laughs> <laughs> This, this episode is not about Sam and Dean Winchester. This episode is not about Castiel or Bobby Mm-mm. or Anna or Ruby. It is about these three fucking old magicians, and it's fine on their own. I said this to you, Jeremy. This would make a great short story about three fading magicians finding, stumbling their way into real magic and, and having to pay a price for it. And, you know, that stuff is all interesting on its own. But what the fuck? What? I, I'm here for Sam and Dean, goddammit. Well, I mean... This is interesting because this is the same problem that our last episode, Family Remains, had, right? Like, this, this, that was the problem I had with that last episode. Yeah, is it yeah. felt I like I guess a- I just am more into the premise of that because it was a, you know, twist on the haunted house thing. Sam and Dean are actually still at least fighting something. <laughs> yeah, they don't. What do they do here? Yeah, they don't really fight anything here, uh, which is, which is kind of dumb, but. That said, I like the, I like the kills in this episode a lot better. Like, yeah, I like those, they, the, they're, they're very cool. There's still a lot to, to enjoy in this episode. I'm just being hyperbolic. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. I d- but I'm kind of with you, right? Like, this is our second episode in a row that, like, two episodes before this, we were dealing with fucking angels falling from, from heaven, getting their grace back, and boning Thing Winchester. Like, that's a yeah. good premise. Like, that's some good supernatural shit right there. <laughs> now we're, like, talking about these three old magicians, one of which was the original guy in Rocky Horror Picture Show, by the way. I don't wow. know if you looked that up. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. I you did. <laughs> Um, I didn't. Autumn totally recognized her, and I would tie IMDb. It was like I recognized him, and I was like, "Oh yeah, sure, yeah, of course he is." Click, <laughs> click, 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 click. Um, <laughs> yeah, apparently, and I didn't do a lot of research on this because they're fucking magicians. But apparently, these three guys are stage magicians by trade, relatively famous ones. Uh, so one, I guess that one that of just explain it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that's one of the reasons. Like I think, like I think somebody on the staff like has a hard on for these guys, right? Like mm-hmm. this is probably one of those like like in monster movie how they they kind of showed homage to all those old movies. Like I feel like yeah. this is somebody that's really into probably Penn and Teller right now. Um, <laughs> I I dig this to an extent. Like I yeah. like the kills and everything. I think I think the actual monster of the week is incredibly stupid. I don't. And let me ask you this: We haven't really talked specifically. I kind of feel like none of these episodes deserve our play-by-play treatment, right? Like, I think we can just yeah. talk about it as it comes up. I don't think we need to go through chronologically and talk about like kind of every step and build the episode like we no, usually no, do. No, no, no. Are, are, what, what, you, you agree with me? I'm fine with that. Yeah, there's highs and lows in each episode. Mm-hmm. There's standout moments, but we'll get to them as we go. And even now, thinking about the the conundrum of this episode so just the 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 overview um this washed up magician you know his time has seemingly come it seems like he's sort of given up on life and like i'm gonna i'm gonna die in my next big stunt you know i'm just gonna i'm gonna gonna go out suicide on stage Mm -hmm. and despite these ridiculous circumstances he keeps putting himself in um escaping from a noose escaping from you know falling spikes you know while he's latched into a chair all these different little tricks that you would expect there to be something behind that it's just you know a simple twist of fate like magic is is intervening in some way and he can't even seemingly understand how it's happening uh himself the person who it's happening to but each time that he's saved from one of these hazardous tricks 
uh, another magician, uh, one of the, the shitty guys in town for this magician convention or whatever it is, uh, <laughs> one of them pays the price with it with their life. I have never wanted to be anywhere less in my life than a magician yeah, convention. <laughs> for sure. Um, uh, this is just... Oh man, I you know here here's the thing. I when I was a kid, like I kind of dug magic, right? Like the that idea of doing magic, doing card tricks or coin tricks or whatever was really cool. I so never did Sam Winchester. So did Sam Winchester, which uh, front of the show Autumn Greer also said from the couch as we were watching this last night. Of course, Sam Winchester was into That's, magic when he was a kid. I had the exact same reaction. Like I know that he because I've seen this episode so many times. But I'm like, you fuck yeah, of course you fucking of did, co- idiot. Of course, yeah, <laughs> you fucking nerd, you giant nerd. Uh, but yeah, like they're they're in town for this giant magicians convention. Um, our three guys here, Jay and Charlie and Vernon, who like Vernon just automatically sounds like the oldest person in the world by virtue of his name. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Uh, they all kind of have each other's backs, and they're all kind of like you know looking down upon this this new breed of of magicians that are that are coming in. Specifically, like this this Chris Angel wannabe, whose name is Jeb Dexter. <laughs> yeah, that's great. There's a little like little funny things like that, like the song that always plays for him. They use that in all the gag reels now because it's just this like hyper like nine inch. Nails, industrial shit rock like it's yeah great. yeah it's like nine inch nails wannabes but from the early yeah, 90s yeah, yeah. like someone listened to pretty hate machine and was like yeah i could do that no problem man yeah i have no talent or musical inspiration but i'm just gonna dig right into this <laughs> did you see that uh do you see nine inch nails perform on twin peaks a couple weeks ago by the way what? no i didn't i'm behind on twin peaks dang uh so i guess spoilers but like every episode so far in the new season has had a musical guest at, at the end and yeah i've seen that yeah surprise nine inch nails is one of them and um that's funny those dudes rock <laughs> like that dude yeah. and that dude is uh if you haven't seen trent resident in the last few years like if your last memory is like early 90s uh tori amos style Trent resident yeah that dude is buff <laughs> He is, I think I do that. <laughs> he is, Chris, he is ripped. <laughs> like, he, got he, into, is, he got into Supernatural and he was like, hey, I'm a freak. I can yeah. get buff. <laughs> Look at them abs. I need those abs. <laughs> it's the same thing I said, except I didn't follow through, right? I was same, like, man, yeah, those abs. <laughs> I'm never going to have those, is what I'm saying now. <laughs> That's Call not me. me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too late. I'm going to die. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so there... This episode is, I guess, one of the reasons that I like it more than Family Remains, I mentioned, are, are these kills. So he's, our old magician guy is setting up what he calls the executioner, which is basically like, and I don't know how this is a magic trick, right? Like, it's so, it's so dumb that he goes behind a sheet, lays down on a thing, yeah. or somebody's chained him to the, to the table, and like a, a bed of spikes falls on him, and uh, for all the world looks like it kills him, but of course it doesn't. And it's so weird when you do magic tricks inside the context of a fictional TV show of a scripted TV show, because mm-hmm. like it's, there's nothing to it. Like, it's not like you want, you're watching David Copperfield on NBC right. and like the camera doesn't move. Like they just t- did a cut and then they came back and the guy was standing next to the thing. <laughs> like there's no, it's not like, and I'm glad they got actual magicians, but it's not like you're, y'all are doing anything here. Like I'm not going to be impressed. <laughs> it's true. I guess that's probably another reason why this falls short. Cause like, I mean, I'm talking a lot of shit about magicians, but if you go, if you see a magician doing magic shit, you're like, wow, that's so cool. I wonder how they did that. But even with, you don't get any of that with this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. But what happens is this dude, um, is wandering around drunk. This other magician guy who had kind of said some shit to, to Jay earlier that day. And, um, he's just walking down the street and all of a sudden starts bleeding from all these spike holes <laughs> that he didn't. <laughs> so it, like transfers this trick onto this dude. Hey Chris, let me ask you a question. Hey, what's up? You're a professional magician. 
that's yeah. You um you design a trick called the executioner. Yep, already there. You're, you're okay. So you're with me. Mm-hmm. What? Why would you make the spikes real? Uh, because uh, I uh, you know, authenticity. You know, I get a, I get a. The audience has to know that I could really die. But so you make one of them real, right? Like you get your assistant yeah. to like poke her finger on one of them, and be like, "Oh, she's bleeding, folks," or or whatever. Like, well, yeah, t- true. That's exactly yeah. That's exactly what you would do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there's no reason to make these real spikes at all. No, I mean, this Suicide. is just this is just unfortunately that's at this the point. reason. Yeah. <laughs> also, while we're here, we should talk about the fact that Jay's assistant is just his buddy Charlie. Which is great because all these other guys have like these like pretty young women, and he just has like his like elderly friend. Yeah, his, like his have you not seen a magic show, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> have you not? Have you ever seen one? Usually, usually there's like a, some kind of eye candy there to distract the audience. Whether it's in you know Siegfried had Roy. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I don't. I actually have never seen a Siegfried and Roy show, so don't at me about they had Siegfried tigers, and Roy. Right? I don't know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. David Copperfield had Mrs. Copperfield. I'm assuming. <clears throat> yep. Um. So, and then we get another one of these where uh, there's is it is like a sword or something? Is that what was the next trick? Uh, yeah, a sword. We'll go with that. We'll go with the sword. I'm trying to remember. The only uh, notable, the only kill that I paid a lot of attention to was uh the douchebag guy uh when the rope. Oh, the rope. This is the second kill. Him. This is what I was looking for. Yeah. So that is. I think I thought it was actually a really cool effect. It's him like vamping in front of the mirror, like trying to be cool and like listening to his own theme song and just you know generally being a huge douchebag. Very much Kanye s- listening to his old album. Oh, no, yeah, no, right. <laughs> and you see the 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 noose start to kind of like uncoil from where it was hanging and like slither across the floor and then up the wall and then wrap around the the ceiling fan and then drop down over his neck and and, and strangle him. And I thought that the the snake like like effect on the rope. Well, nothing surprising with that. It actually did look really effective and cool it does look cool uh the cgi is miles better than the episode where the uh the lamp power the power cord for the lamp spirals around uh dean's neck this was somewhere in season one where there's a poltergeist mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. there um i think this was uh when they went back to their home their yes childhood yes, yes, home yes. yeah yeah so much better than that and i thought this was kind of a cool kill i really like the idea of this too of transferring this kill to save yourself onto somebody else mm-hmm. and um it's it's revealed at the end that our buddy our our assistant guy, uh, Charlie, um, who was the second or third person killed through this, comes back as a as a younger guy, and he's he's the one hiding these tarot cards amongst everybody to yeah do something. I don't. <laughs> this is one of the parts live. that this episode really falls down on me, Chris. Like this tarot card bullshit. I don't even. S- somebody else gave him that book. Some other magician was P. like, hey, there's real magic in like, here. Yeah, P- like from Barnum and Barnum, like P.T. Barnum. Yeah. Like, this is supposed to be like, some, this is again when they dip into Warehouse 13 territory of this famous person made a thing and now it has supernatural powers. <laughs> like, yeah. You would think that Sam and Dean would want to get on the ground floor of this shit so they could, uh, they could maybe use some of that, that immortality to, to fight some demons. So all the, all the magician stuff aside, we do start to get to some interesting Sam and Dean stuff. Um, yeah, to there's some degree. There, there's there's some good meta plot, or at least some good relationship building here. Just real quick before we leave the tarot cards, did they, you think they wound up in uh, Dad's lockup? That we saw <laughs> there's in a good two? chance that they did. Yeah, they <laughs> sent him off to Bobby, and he took care of it. Okay, so that's we're just going to assume all, Bobby takes care of all of that business. Like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, so before we get into the Sam and Dean conversation, Ruby does show up earlier in the episode, mm-hmm. and she is basically like, "Hey, dude." 
seals keep breaking while you're off here in La La Land. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, 34 34 seals are broken, broken, and you're here doing nothing, and you won't use your powers anymore. Uh, And he's like, I don't know, there's there's some back and forth frustrating. Sam says, it's not the psychic powers I have a problem with. Yeah, and again, the last couple of episodes, we've we've hinted, there's been some some big hints that Ruby wants Sam to do something in order to increase his power somehow, but he refuses to. And he says he doesn't, mm-hmm. he doesn't, he doesn't want to be that person or, or what have you. So this is our second or third allusion to that. So we're, they're strongly hinting at something, Chris. And man, I think most of the people listening know what it is, but we're going to get there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If they just I can't keep- believe that they <laughs> also, the whole entire conversation that Ruby and Sam are having, there's a toilet in the shot. I don't know why. It's in the background. <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's weird. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's like, did somebody, like, was they supposed to close the door on the set and they didn't? So there's just a fucking toilet there? Like, it's weird. That's that's really, really weird. Um, yeah, she she wants him to go off, uh, go after Lilith and specifically said, like, cut the head off the snake. Like, yeah. kill it. Like, we don't, you don't need to be dealing with this trifling, you know, bullshit. You, you need to go be going after Lilith so that she can prevent Lucifer from walking the earth, which is her goal. So that, you know, cause that's going to be a whole new level of freak. That's going to be a whole new problem yeah. that you have to deal with. <laughs> a lot of what's going on with, uh, with the old guys, you know, we see them having their, their private conversations. And I guess when talking about it, as we often do, I find a little bit more meaning in it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, kind of rambling or not they're not rambling like i am but uh, they're talking about how they're old they're past their prime let's be young again let's let's kick some ass again sam and dean are witness to this they put a stop to it or a stop is put to it um and that's when they they kind of have their conversation i think sam asks, like are we still gonna be doing this when we're old like are we gonna be old men still running around fighting demons doing the same bullshit trying to save the world or you know are we gonna be are we gonna be dead and uh i think you know Dean says something. He, he Sam asks that. Um, and well, specifically, says, Sam says, Are, "Do you think we'll die before we get old?" And Dean says, "Haven't we already?" Yeah. <laughs> like they yeah. both literally died before. <laughs> Dean hundreds of times. Sam like at least twice. That I can. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when Sam is like, "Well, no, that's not what I mean." Like, could we win? Like, yeah. could is this, there a, is there an outcome war. of this? Like, can we? Yeah. And this is something that Sam deals with a lot, right? Like, when we go back to season one and Sam mm-hmm. joining the hunt specifically to go for Yellow Eyes, so that he could get revenge on, for his mother and for Jessica, his girlfriend, and then his plan was to quit after that, and that caused a lot of friction between him and Dean. I think it's almost it's it's sort of a storyline or like a motivational line that I don't really actually pay attention to with Sam a lot. Because it's you just get caught up in everything that's happening. But I guess it is, as much as he said he doesn't want to go back to a normal life, his goal, like you said, has always been, like, let's let's do our goal. It's not, let's be hunters, let's fight monsters, let us, let us complete our goal. I don't care what happens along the way. I don't, and as he says as much in this episode, I don't want to get old. I don't want to be doing this when I'm an old man. Like, I want to fucking win this war, you know? And... I think that that would probably contribute a little bit to his his poor decision making, mm-hmm. the, the the bad shit that he's willing to do to reach his goal. Because there's no there's no after. There's just there's just the revenge, or there's just the the goal of killing Lilith, stopping the apocalypse. That's all he's concerned about. Whereas Dean is like, well, hey, buddy, we're still like people who have to like interact with each other and like take care of each other. We should probably like still continue being good people and not uh, forsake all of that for our mission here. Um, and I think that's where a lot of that that friction starts to 
come from between the two. They have different end games. Um, and with Agreed. Dean, he says, yeah, mm-hmm. this ends bloody or sad. Like, there's no other way around it. Like, we're either going to die or we're just going to be so broken that it won't matter. So, so there's a couple of things that I want to mention here, too. Number one, when Dean says, like, we're, we're going to die bloody or die sad or whatever, like, uh, you know, Sam brings up, like, you know, well, we could be like Bobby. And he's like, oh, and Dean's like, oh, yeah, great role model there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also, uh, Dean brings up something that we've talked about on this podcast before, which are, like, how all of the hunters have, have ended, specifically calling out, like, Gordon or um, Gordon's buddy, the Jesus freak guy, whose name I never will never, ever remember. Um, like, you know, those, those guys died horrible deaths at the hands of the stuff that they were chasing. Gordon more so than probably anybody, right? So, yeah. Just, I, I like the fact that the show is having those conversations now with these these two yeah. brothers are having the conversation that we were having about it, which I think is really good. Also, like Sam wants this stuff, like Sam wants to have an end to it, except when he doesn't, which is one reason that I'm not on Team Sam on this rewatch. Uh, yeah. Like he has gone, he has bounced back and forth on this stuff. He can never really make up his mind. That insecurity, that lack of conviction on what he believes, I think, is another thing besides him wanting to get the job done. Like he. I think that's what leads him to go down this, you know, the dark side or or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like that's what's leading him down this path is he's always wanting the shortcut. Either he wants to give his entire life up and become something that he's not like this hardcore hunter that has pursuit only for saving Dean or saving his dad or whatever. Or he wants to get the shortcut so that everything's done so that he doesn't have to deal with it. Whereas Dean just wants to live the life. I think that there's probably some interesting complexity going on there, but it's just never really pulled out in the right ways. It feels like it, it just, a lot of times they come up short with Sam, especially mm-hmm. season four, um, which again, one of the best seasons, but you, they don't do always the best job of making Sam seem justifiable or making his intentions seem clear. Cause like you said, it is a kind of a lot of back and forth between what he wants or what he thinks he wants or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, this scene where Sam and Dean are talking about getting old or, or dying bloody or whatever. This is when Sam says, well, what if we could win? What if we could put a stop to all this? Cut the head off the snake. He repeats exactly. the words that yeah. Ruby says. And I think that, obviously, I, I, at that point, my, my opinion of, of Ruby changed. Um, it's hard to speak about that because like, I know everything that happens in Supernatural. But that's him repeating that line felt really weird to me. Like... And obviously it's supposed to stick out because, you know, she said it and he's, he's saying it back to Dean now, but it was just like, hmm, that's not right. That you're, you're, you're repeating what she said. It's just not right. Yeah, this, it shows, number one, again, I think it goes to my point of Sam lacking the courage of his own convictions. Like he, this is not even like he's arguing with Dean that they should do something and he's not even using his own arguments. He's parroting Ruby's arguments, but also on top of that shows that Ruby is slowly, but surely trying to brainwash this kid. Cause I actually kind of think, even though like, I think at this time, Sam's only like a year younger than I was when I was watching the show as this was airing or whatever, like Sam really is acting like kind of a kid during this yeah. time period. And it shows that she's actively trying to brainwash this dude to, to do something. We don't know what, except uses psychic powers. We don't know what it yet. Is- <laughs> it is weird because I basically was a kid. I mean, I was a teenager when I was watching this, so Jesus I think I, 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 yeah, sorry, Jeremy. Uh, I was almost, I was almost twenty. If that makes it oh, wow. better, but uh, I was yeah, nineteen. Yeah. Uh, but I was still, you know, I was, I was very immature, and I, even just with the way I'm consuming television, I think I had a lot more sympathy for Sam then than I than I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you said something about again the insecurity, and that did make me think. I feel like a lot of what happens in these next two 
uh, seasons is for Sam is him facing his own insecurity, his own indecision, um, his own lack of conviction. It has to lead to something. And I think that they are actually, when I do stretch out and think of what's going to happen next, I think that they are able to, to rein that in. Maybe even like, oh shit, we've kind of written Sam into be this kind of convictionless just guy. You know, mm-hmm. people can be like that, but when you're writing fiction, you want them to be a little bit more defined. Um, you know, I could do one good thing today and I could do a, a contradictory thing tomorrow. Uh, and then the next day I go back, it's just because I'm a person and I, I make complex uh, decisions or whatever. In a TV show, you want your characters to be complex, but sometimes when they're just, you know, fighting vampires and shit, like, that's not going to come across the right way. I do think that they spend a little bit of time trying to hammer out the stuff that we're talking about and kind of make up for the fact that they've written a character that isn't as likable as the other character. <laughs> sure, yeah. No, they they want, they definitely want, um, and we, we've seen this specifically play out uh, with Dean. Like, Dean is very much the the ends do not justify the means kind of mentality. Like, mm-hmm, he, mm-hmm. back in the episode um, where, oh, uh, who was the dude that, wh- what was the town that they were going to have to destroy because, was it the Wishing Well that they were going to have to destroy yes. or something? Um, so, yeah. that, where Dean or was rejected, Sam Hain, Sam Hain. Sam Hain, that's what it was, as one of the seals. So, they, Dean rejected that wholeheartedly, saying, like, we're not going to let you kill a bunch of innocent people just to stop one thing. And And Sam was on his team. I think if that choice had been given to Sam directly, I think Sam would have just been like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Let's do it. Because I think he's yeah. definitely a end justifies the means kind of guy mm-hmm. up to this point. Like Sam's character will change over the next two seasons and dramatically beyond that. So like, but up till now, I think that that's kind of the core difference between these two characters is that especially if it if the means is shit that he's doing to himself. Like, yes. oh, well, yeah, I'll especially I'll- if it involves self-sacrifice of any kind. Yes. Yeah. He's just totally like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Like, anything bad that happens to me is justifiable. And there's a couple of reasons why you could say a person would be like that. Uh, I often forget about, like, the life-shattering events that, you know, took place a couple years ago for him. Dean, who was kind of hardened into the life, kind of stuck in the life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's, I guess now talking about it, at least if for nothing else, these episodes are fodder for some, you know, character depth. And, and that's the thing about Supernatural that uh, I think we're going to keep coming back to, especially over the next four or five seasons, is that they can have a wrapper of a show which will draw you throughout the episode. So, like, this magician thing is strong enough on its own, and it's, again, like, it's constructed well. Like, it's not poorly done. These actors yeah. are good. I like the kills. They, you know, the, the the throwaway jokes are really good. Like, they're funny. While, in between that, they're having these conversations and, you know, having this emotional discussion between the boys, which is kind of like the meat to all of the potatoes that is the, the magicians. So, I'm totally fine with these kind of episodes. I just, especially in season four, and I had forgotten this until we rewatched it, like, we were going so strong for what... Yeah. 10 episodes, like 10 nonstop action packed, amazing episodes. And then it feels like we have just slammed on the brakes for episode 11 and 12. And it feels like it's going to be like that for 13 and 14 too. Like we kind of inch forward at this point. Like we're at a red mm-hmm. light, just kind of trying to just move up a little bit, trying to wait for yeah. the light to change. Um, and, and it's we- going to like next week's podcast is going to be fucking four hours long. I looked ahead of the episodes <laughs> and they're all like major episodes. <laughs> the final thing that, that I took from this episode is Dean, because he's talking about uh, magic. That's the whole theme of the episode is magic. But he says real magic is like crack. And once you get a taste of it, people do very surprising things. And I think as a, you know, the viewer, you and I, Jeremy, we know 
exactly what he means by that. And there's almost the kind of like the cutaway to Sam, who's like about to go sneak off with Ruby, and, you know. <laughs> Which we see at the end of this episode, the the very yeah. end of this episode, he meets up with Ruby. It's at night. Um, is it? It's the next episode. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But like, he sneaks off. He tells Dean that he's going like out for a walk or something. He goes to meet Ruby and says like, "Okay, I'm ready. I'll do it." And I think I think he does say it at the end of this one. I'm not totally sure, but he says, "I don't want to be doing this when I'm old." And he just like gets in the exactly. car with her and they drive yeah. away. Um, I guess like it, there is like a I guess for the sake of completionism, uh, we should talk a little bit about how this this episode wraps up because at the end of this, um, they basically the this older magician guy that was planning all these tarot cards somehow spawns as the younger version of himself which is a neat trick um and then the at the culmination he's pretty much got sam and dean on the ropes and he's just you know using (laughs) just mysterious magic powers from this tarot deck or whatever um but he's doing kicking sam and dean's ass and his friend jay our our main magician guy has to stab him through the heart and kill him which is kind of a bummer and jay at the end gives this really great performance when sam and dean meet him of just you know i was no i'm not happy about this i had to kill my best friend like yeah. No matter what, he was still my friend. We spent years together. Even if he did yeah. these bad things and he did them on behalf of me, he was he did it because I he, I like him. And he leaves all of his like playing cards that he'd be kind of playing around with on the table and just walks out like he's done with magic forever. Mm-hmm. Which I have to imagine Jay is not because Jay specifically said he was going to commit suicide. Like I would put that dude on a suicide watch. Like not making yep. light of anybody that has mental issues or you know that thinks about that kind of stuff at all. You should definitely go. Like they should be following Jay to make sure he has help. Because <laughs> yeah, Vernon, his life is ruined. He yeah, says Vernon, like, Vernon's like fucked off. He's like, I can't believe you killed my friend. It's like motherfucker, my friend was killing people on our behalf. Yeah. <laughs> Something had to be done. But it's but, like, like the next day, he's like, he offered me a friend, and I threw it in his face. Yeah, like, and now he's dead. <laughs> I, I did just throw it in his face. I killed him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I took it away from him, and I stabbed him through the heart with it. And also, just just not to make sure it's it's missed, like fuck Vernon and all of this for just abandoning Jay. Like, what a shitty move. <laughs> like, we're supposed to be friends, dude. What? Like, be my friend. Yeah. Um. Before we leave this episode, there there are some there is some funny stuff that happens. I think we should point out because I think our listeners will be mad at us if we don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the fact that even though Sam and Dean are pretending to be FBI people, all of these old ass magicians just call them on it instantly. Yeah. And, uh, there's this really great scene where Dean is talking to Charlie and Vernon and trying to find out information. He's like, Oh yeah, you need to go see the chief over at, you know, 326 Bleecker street or whatever, or maybe 426 Bleecker street. Uh, and he's like, okay, thank you. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go check that out. I'll go check that out immediately. And he walks in and it's like some leather daddy fetish club. Yeah. <laughs> like just, you know, basic practical joke kind of stuff. But I love the fact that he, they just see right through these guys. Right. Yeah. They're con artists. That's their, their whole trade is, you know, mm-hmm. tricking people. And then, um, Towards the end of the episode, they've uh, they thought that this was all Jay's doing because Jay was benefit directly. So they they accost Jay and they tie him up, and then they kind of realize that it's not Jay, and they look back over, and of course Jay's a magician. He's just slipped the ropes, and he's and I, D- Dean says something yeah. to the extent, the extent of we probably should have seen that coming, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I enjoyed this episode more talking about it than I did watching it. Well, again. The, the 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 best parts of Supernatural um, are, for me, doing this show, I don't want to speak for yourself, but doing this podcast is when we take these tiny morsels of Sam and Dean and we really pull apart and we try to figure out exactly what the writers are doing. Mm-hmm. And it's 
it makes me like the two characters even more. It makes me Same. feel better about liking the show that I have a solid base of argument to base my opinions on, if that makes yeah, any sense. Yeah, if we weren't doing that, then we would just be giving a recap of the episodes, and that wouldn't do anybody any good. <laughs> yeah, I don't, like, and I can't imagine just, just doing a show like this and just repeating the things that happened. And we do that, but, like, for intricate episodes that we like a whole lot because we want to talk about the stuff that happens so much, and we also want to t- talk about how it affects the characters, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is good stuff. I'm into it. Yeah. I'm glad we were able to pull some stuff out. Because uh, I, was, I was a little bit down coming in, but now, now I'm a lot more positive about it. Good. Let's talk about After School Special. Written yeah. by Andrew Dabb and Daniel Laughlin, directed by Adam Kane. Sam and Dean investigate a series of murders at their high, old high school. The probe leads to leads them to recall how Sam was the target of a bully at school, while Dean was the big man on campus. The BMOC. That's what I used to call those guys. The BMOCs. Big man on campus. <laughs> yeah, of course. That of was course, you, right? yeah. Yeah, that was... I mean, why not? You have to have an acronym, because there was... <laughs> I don't know what school you went to, but we had a lot of big men on campus. Oh, for sure. <laughs> we had to abbreviate, because we talked about them so much. Yeah. <laughs> Just for clarity's sake, or for yeah, I just want to make sure, I mean, convenience. Save as much time as possible. Um, I remember, I remember thinking this episode when I, I remember. Okay, so when I was looking ahead and seeing that this episode was this episode, and um, I thought that this episode was a funny episode, right? Like mm-hmm. I thought this I is one too, of the yeah. one of the comic relief eps that we usually go through, and there are there is some of that, but. Chris, this is a depressing ass episode. It really, it's dark. This it is, is dark. this is a bummer episode. It's super dark. A lot of kids die in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of come into it thinking like we're gonna get to see Sam and Dean when they were in high school. That's gonna be funny. Like this is gonna be so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And it's a little funny, but it's also really just like you said. It's a bummer. It's sad. The whole episode is like just layered with this old kind of like like memory this like the sad nostalgia kind of thing like it's just it's all there and it's stuff that you can't really put away and it's like a feeling i think that the the show doesn't really dwell on it but that i felt that throughout the entire episode it's like because it's all memories no matter how fun the uh dean dressed up as uh the the gym coach is like it's all about remembering painful shit yep and that's and that's the scene that I remember. And I think if you went and looked at a screenshot, you would see like the dodgeball yeah. scene and think like, oh my god, like this this is the funniest thing I've ever seen Dean do. And it's probably not, but also like it's it's very very funny. The rest of this is just bummers on bummers on bummers. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let, let's talk about our ghost. Um, yeah. So we have we have a, a weird haunting. Uh, we see this uh, this chick who is later going to go on to star in the CW hit The One Hundred. This was her acting debut, oh. by the way. Um, also, I did not bother to look up any names, so sorry. There's uh, a blonde girl who Dean mm-hmm. makes out with, who was in the show Vampire Diaries, which That's used to true. be on mm-hmm. the same time as Supernatural, I think, or around the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this cheerleader person gets uh, slut shamed at the t- in the cafeteria. And then um, when she goes to sit with, like, the uncool kid, the uncool kid is super nice to her. And it's like, hey, you know, you can sit with me. You shouldn't listen to what they say. She's like, you get your fat ass in my face. Like, he's, she's yeah. really mean to this chick. And uh, later on, this chick, like, totally swirlies her to death. Yeah. And um, starts crying uh, black tears, which mm-hmm. 
even though the show has specifically taught me is not a demon, I immediately thought it was a demon. I was like, oh, this yeah. is a different kind of demon. <laughs> also an emo kid's wet dream. Emo- yes, you're right. <laughs> just put mascara directly into my eyeball so I can get it out. <laughs> I just wish my tears were black to really reflect my true emotions. Have you ever seen the show uh, Party Down? Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. If you can, if you can find Party Down, it's worth it's it's worth watching. It's got like, um, why can I not remember anybody's name anymore? I'm so old. It's got Jane Lynch. It's got a bunch of uh, comedians. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. That Adam dude for, that was on Parks and Rec, whose last name I can't remember. <laughs> Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Thank you. Um, it's got just all kinds of people in it. You, uh, it, but it's well, there's one episode where they encounter this um, obviously a Marilyn Manson parody. Yeah. And uh, Martin Starr, are you familiar with Martin Starr from like Silicon yeah. Valley? Yeah, yeah. So he's on this. The party on is based on the like these uh, caterer guys. He's this caterer dude, and this Marilyn Manson party that they're catering. Um, he meets this rock star, and the rock star is this like unbelievably bummed out. He's just like, man, my life sucks. I have to have sex with all these chicks and play these rock concerts. And Martin Starr is like, are you fucking crazy? Like you're. you're... <laughs> and he's like, you don't believe me? Let's swap. So. Martin Starr dresses up like the rock star, and he's such an uncool guy that nobody wants to hang out with the rock star anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best premises of a show ever. And every time you see, like, every time you say something like an emo kid's wet dream or whatever, that's immediately what I go to that's is great. Martin Starr dressing up like Marilyn Manson, basically. Fantastic. That was a pretty lengthy aside. I'm sorry, listeners. It's okay. It's okay. So um, they show up to their old high school, Sam and Dean. Right. Yeah, absolutely. This is happening at their old high school. Sam uh, wants to investigate this, beside, uh, despite there not being any immediate proof of any kind of supernatural activity. Dean just wants to jet. He doesn't. He's not happy with his memories here. Uh, yeah, I think uh, they both. Obviously, they went to a, a dozen different schools, but as we've we've known, we've never seen it. But we knew that Sam still managed to get good grades and actually like complete all of his courses and get into college and all that stuff. So um, it was really only a matter of time before we actually got to see them in school or what they were like as kids. Yeah, we sh- and we should note that our, our previously on, like our, our clip show before this, um, had a lot of like young Sam and Dean from the Striga episode. It had a lot of Sam arguing with Papa Winchester and, you know, yelling at Dean, like, why do you always just have blind faith in the man and all, all that mm-hmm, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sets you up for this uh, family drama that we're going to get into, which is what largely this episode is about, are the, the Winchesters dealing with their broke-ass family in their own horrible, shitty ways that their dad has forced yeah. upon them. Like, it's, it's a really sad that episode chris like nobody like nobody's real happy about this uh and and we do get a lot of cuts back and forth so as the boys are investigating these weird murders that are happening we're also going back and seeing like a teenage dean winchester with a leather jacket just looking like the most obnoxious douchebag i've ever seen in my entire life he acts like he's a cast member from greece like he doesn't (laughs) act like a regular person what is happening here and i guess again that's all dean's outward bravado because he won't ever actually reveal who he truly is to anybody mm-hmm. and he does that and he's you know meets his teacher and is like come on sweetheart i don't need to introduce myself like he talks like a it's like, so weird a grease extra is really a really good like his hair is yeah. slicked back like he's kind of got that upper lip curl thing happening a little it's, bit yeah yeah it's it's really really weird um and if you take it as like a dean put on i mean he's a high schooler and, and like teenagers aren't great so it makes sense in a way, but you just, I always, you kind of picture Dean actually being cool and not Dean just pretending to be cool in front of high schoolers. 
Yeah, and this is this is definitely pretending to be cooler than he actually feels. But and, honestly, and, I, Dean is pretty fucking goofy. It's just because he, he's so damn handsome. It, it really, he is like the, one of the goofiest dudes. Like he's always the guy that bonds with like Ash. Like remember how hard he bonded yeah. with Ash? Like he has like he has really terrible taste in music. Like even the cheesy stuff. Like all of this like hard rock badass persona. He doesn't actually live up to whatsoever. <laughs> and that's really evidenced here. But. um... Sorry to do this to you again, Jeremy, but I had just finished high school when I watched this episode. Jesus. So keep on coming. It was, uh, in a weird way, like, I hadn't, I hadn't really moved on with my life yet. I had gone to co- I started college, but I was alone. I think I've discussed that before, because I, you mm-hmm. know, I like being depressing like this episode. Um, so I had a lot of nostalgia for high school when I was with all my friends, and seeing this episode, like, did actually it gave me that kind of like nostalgic feel like I hadn't, I don't think I'd gone back to my school or anything, but just that, you know, revisiting the halls of a place that like you spent so much time in, even though I was literally like six months out at that point, it was still (laughs) one of those, you know, one of those things. And so like I connected with this episode at the time. And again, it's one of those episodes that's clearly supposed to be about Sam's sympathy because they've been building him up, doing bad things with him. I think that they were trying to take us back a step be like, here's, you know, a little bit of a window into young Sam's mind. Something I want to bring up, and I, uh, and, and listeners, I searched for where I read this originally. I cannot find it anywhere. I assumed it was on the trivia page. Um, but if you're watching this and you're remembering the last time we had a flashback episode, uh, our young Sam is the same young Sam and looks like he's maybe aged a year. Our young Dean looks like he has grown up by 20 years. It's yeah, kind of just, over the top and ridiculous. They just got a completely different actor who looks like he's a, a grown-ass adult. Who looks... <laughs> I, people, certain people, like my, my girlfriend Jess, she thought that uh, Dean looked like Dean. I don't see it at all. I cannot possibly imagine this. He's just kind of got the... Dean. He's kind of got the same chiseled face, I think, yeah. is, is what... That's what, like... And then, you know, obviously they styled his hair and they put him, and they put him in the leather jacket. They just didn't fill him out yet, like... But he's got a kind of a same, like, chiseled, rugged, good-looks yeah. thing happening. I think it, it works. I just don't think he looks like him at all. But I've read a theory, uh, because there was apparently... Um, and I could not find this anywhere. If anybody knows where I read this, please, please tell me. I, I, I've read a lot of dumb supernatural stuff, so it's, it's got to be out there somewhere. Um, but there was a people complaining because this doesn't quite match up with the previous uh, flashback that we saw because Dean is so much older. Mm-hmm. And the justification I saw about that is something that I don't think the writers actually thought about. I think this is just one of those times where the fans are tripping over themselves to justify something <laughs> being a canon. Uh, but the the theory was in the Striga episode, you see everything from basically Dean's perspective. Like it's mm-hmm. Dean remembering all of the stuff that happened with Sam and Dean looks, doesn't think that he's a big kid. Like he, he's, he pictures himself as a smaller kid because he feels powerless in that situation. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this episode, most of our flashbacks are really from uh, Sam's perspective. So of course Sam would look up to his older brother and picture him as a bigger kid as someone that's handled more responsibility and being more powerful than he is. Yeah. So I just wanted to bring it up cause I think it's an interesting thing. I just, I don't find it true, but I, I mm-hmm. kind of just like thinking about like if, if yeah. that's, if they put that much thought into it or not, if done on purpose, I think that that would be really cool, but I just think it's, uh, Sam didn't hit his growth spurt yet. Like yeah. that's <laughs> young Sam like, just had, did not age. <laughs> he just yeah. forgot to age for a couple of years. <laughs> when did you hit your growth spurt? Do you remember? I, I don't, it's gotta be when I was 12 or 13. That's why I remember having yeah. to like buy an entirely new wardrobe. Cause I went from like, short very very smaller due to like six foot two overnight it felt yeah. like i remember being i, I was five ten 
in elementary school. I remember that as like a milestone, being like, wow, Jesus. almost six feet tall. Yeah. And then I grew two more inches since then. I'm six feet tall, and I grew two inches since elementary school. And you've been shrinking ever since. And it's just been my feet getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> oh, no. The feet that won't stop growing. <laughs> Call Sam and Dean. That's why I keep falling downstairs. <laughs> um, so, I, I, this is going to be another episode that I don't think justifies going through no, no. the whole time. So, let, let's kind of talk about our principles here. Um, Dean has gotten a job just instantly as a gym teacher, which is hilarious. Like, th- mm-hmm. no background checks on this dude whatsoever. Um, Sam is walking around with like a jumper on, so I'm just assuming that he's like a like a janitor of some kind. Like it does it doesn't really matter for the show. It just gives them a vague hand wavy excuse to be there. But mm-hmm. the Dean being the actual gym teacher and teaching them to these kids to play dodgeball, like is it's very dodgeball had to have just come out right, like the movie dodgeball. Yeah, I guess so. Though they were kind of leaning into that pretty heavily. Like, it's literally scenes from that where the dude, he's, like, throwing dodgeballs at, people, at these dudes' crotches and telling them to man up, and this my, the whistle makes them my, makes me their god and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, it's it's pretty funny seeing Dean just absolutely level a kid uh, with that dodgeball. He just t- he takes that kid down. He breaks him. Oh, man, this movie came out four, five years before this episode did. Dodgeball okay. came out five years before this this episode. So <laughs> oh, shit. I think it's safe to say that they were they were <laughs> making, the, making the direct joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. In our, uh, in our flashbacks, Dean is obviously the cool, uncaring kid um, that doesn't, you know, that just wants to make out with the hot chick that kind of casually is misogynistic towards his teachers. Meanwhile, Sam is taking up um, for his friend. I don't remember if I wrote his friend's Barry. name down. Barry, yeah. uh, taking it for a nerd Barry that looks like he's a, a nerd via 1970. Like he looks like, yeah. like the you know Freaks and Geeks episode or whatever. Like, <laughs> they this just is really pre- wanted to hammer home that it was in the past and that he was a nerd. <laughs> I was surprised I didn't see like I don't like an Oldsmobile drive by or yeah. some shit. Right? Like they were really trying to stress this is in the past. Uh, yeah, but it was like 1997. <laughs> Barry is getting picked on by this bigger kid, Dirk, and uh, so Sam, you know, is trying to take up for his his friend, but also doesn't want to kick Dirk's ass and kind of take some shit from Dirk because uh, he doesn't want to reveal himself to be a freak. And that's mm-hmm. one of the one of the common that's going to be a common thread throughout this episode is young Sam just hating his life so much, always being the new kid at school, only going to be at the school for a couple of weeks while his dad finishes a job. We we find out later from Dean that you know he's just living at a hotel like his dad's gone on some hunt like again Papa Winchester is just the fucking worst yeah as somebody who who got to grow up relatively normal I I guess I don't I or I take for granted that granted that like need for normalcy that I would imagine that people like kids would desire when living in a tumultuous environment mm-hmm. because it's easy to just be like oh, come on sam like quit whining about it like dean dean turned out all cool and badass like why aren't you like that i mean obviously dean, <laughs> dean has dean his own not, fucking yeah. you know his <laughs> issues um, he has his own literal demons <laughs> but i think that it's uh it's it's pretty reasonable to understand you know where he was coming from trying to just be a regular person yeah, absolutely. And I, as a kid that bounced around a lot, like I went to several different schools and uh, moved through several different towns between, you know, when I was a young kid before I graduated high mm-hmm. school, like I, I get it. Like I can totally see, I wasn't anywhere near to this. Like my, I'm not going to ever say that my, 
you know, rest in peace, mom. But like, she was never ever near as bad as Papa Winchester is. <laughs> Papa Winchester may be the worst parent that I've heard of without yeah. actively killing his own children. It's true. Um, but like having moved around, like that stability really is important. Like bouncing from, like I spent one year at one school and then going to a completely different school the next year was kind of a, a shocking moment of like, okay, now I have to do all of this stuff over again. Like all of those people that I knew before, I'm leaving all of those kids behind. And you know, we didn't have Facebook back then. So I could keep up with right. them motherfuckers. So, which thank God. I remember that when I went to uh, kindergarten, the first friend that I made, this kid named Bruce, it was, I was like five years old and he, uh, he moved, his dad was in the Navy, so they moved to Hawaii. And I remember thinking that was really cool, but being five and not realizing, like, when he left, he wouldn't be my friend anymore. Yeah. And yeah. I got a letter from him, like, six months later, and he was like, hi, whatever, from Hawaii. And I just was like, it, like, fucked me up a little bit. Just, it was, like, the first time you, like, make a friend, and you realize, like, oh, wait, people aren't just always there. You know, I see my family every day, but my, I guess I don't see my friends every day. What's going on? <laughs> Where did they go? What happened and, to it? And that's how I learned about death. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, I, I want to call out, like, I talked about young Dean being a little misogynistic with the terms that he was using. Uh, old Dean isn't much better. Like he, no. he, there's a scene in here where he says like, guess which one of the cheerleaders are legal, Sam. And Sam's like, Jesus Christ, Dean. Yeah. And, uh, it's, I feel like this is a holdover from the original sketch that they did of this character. And it does not work in the term, in the context of the show anymore. No. Like, I, I know he makes jokes to diffuse situations. He he often jokes himself out of, like, stress or hard decisions or, or whatever. But specifically, this kind of this kind of talk just really weirds me out with Dean right now. It's just, I don't know. I guess it's, hard, it's weird to say that it's from another time because it wasn't that long ago. But Yeah, it definitely feels like this is not something CW would be, but well, maybe they do. I don't know. I, I've been watching iZombie, and it's, it's not great over there either. So. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's... It's just, it's always out of place a little bit, but I guess we just pass it off, which is probably not the best thing to do, but what else can you do? The show's good around it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they find out that, and they, they come to the conclusion that this is, they find out that Barry committed suicide, right? Mm -hmm. So despite, you know, this weird bullying, like, triangle that Sam has tried to protect Barry, uh, Sam eventually had to leave, Barry eventually committed suicide. So they assume that it's Barry who is uh, committed suicide and is haunting these people because they find yeah. ectoplasm on somebody. So they realize this is not a demon possession. This is actually a ghost possession. And the only ghosts that are powerful enough to do that have like some serious shit with them. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, he's kind of the, uh, the dead ringer for it. And they, they just dig him up and burn his bones. <laughs> they just literally dig up his grave, salt and burn his bones. Uh, but spoilers, it doesn't work. It ain't him. <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's, it's super bad. I, it's, it's at this point, by the way, that we have uh, young Sam and young Dean having a conversation, and Dean is complaining because the blonde like wants him to meet his parents when all he wants to do is take her out to I spit on your grave. Have you seen I spit on your grave? I have. I have seen I spit on your grave. Weird reference, Dean. Weird reference, and also like maybe he just saw the trailer and didn't realize like that's not a great date movie. <laughs> like, not a great date movie. We that's watched it as a married couple, and we're like, why the fuck are we watching this? <laughs> I, I watched it alone, and I was like, why the fuck am I watching this? <laughs> it's a it's a, a rape revenge movie, correct? Basically, yeah, absolutely, and it's it's one of these movies that uses like um, I saw a guy on Twitter, this guy that we follow. You may you remember Nick? He was on. Um, 
don't give up skeleton. He was complaining yeah, yeah, yeah. about the, the new Twin Peaks episode of saying like, hey, we get it. Your character's bad. You don't have to show me how bad he is by abusing women all the time. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's what I spit on your grave is. It's like, look how terrible this dude is. Yeah. He's going to do these horrible things. And like, okay, yeah, we, we get it. Like, maybe come up with something original next time. So. Mm-hmm. Fucked up. It's a weird. It's a weird reference for this. For this so, show. Yeah, I yeah. I pointed out to Jess. I was like, "Why did he just say that? <laughs> what is?" <laughs> uh, this is also when we see that young Sam has written. Uh, I guess he had to write a like "What You Did Last Summer" essay. Yeah, and Sam has totally just ratted out his entire family. The little fucking snitch, like. <laughs> I mean, he just told his high school teacher he could get your dad, like, put in jail for this shit. Yeah. I think he's just like, oh. Well, I mean, it basically, I think he expects it to go basically the way that it it goes. He's like, it doesn't matter. Nobody's going to believe anything I say. It doesn't matter that I'm here, whatever. And the teacher's like, yo, hey, Winchester, let's talk about this. So you wrote a creative writing assignment about you and your family hunting a werewolf. Obviously, that's not what you really did last summer, so... But I think he's able to still be like, is this how you would really characterize your family? And he's like, yes. And he's like, okay, you still get an A on the assignment, because, you know, what you said was fictional, or he thinks it was fictional, but, you know, the way you were able to express your, your thoughts and emotions was clear enough that you're off the hook, you're fine. Yeah. And, of course, this just serves to fuck the young Sam up even more, right? Like, he's still yeah. not... Yeah, just like now someone's telling me that I shouldn't be like the family that I don't even want to hang out with, but I also they're my family. Yeah. It's always there's always that one teacher, at least for me. I had a lot I had teachers who especially the way that I was growing up, and you could probably get shades of that now. I was a very depressed kid. So there was always the teacher who, you know, leaning down to, to try and help me out. Mm-hmm. So you can totally see a young impressionable Sam being like, This is a guy taking an interest in me. And that sounded creepy, but in like you know, this is a teacher taking an interest in my no, well-being. No, this, yeah, this is this is above board right here. I would think mm-hmm. like there's no implications whatsoever, but it's it's a teacher trying to reach out to you and pull you along through this because everybody's childhood fucking sucks. Like mm-hmm. everybody's childhood, like you're miserable at some point during during the process. And that's a big part of this episode in a way. Like high school sucks. I think Sam says something like this to the ghost at some point. Like it sucks and it hurts and all that, and, and it gets better, and then it's over. You know, you don't have to. High school isn't forever. You get out. You get away. That's what Sam tried to do. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna get to Sam's extremely condescending. It gets better speech at the end of this episode yeah. because I'm not I'm not really enthusiastic about it. Um, <laughs> it's funny because what's his name? Dirk is like, nah. Well, <laughs> it's never getting better. <laughs> I, I have thoughts and feelings about this. Uh, Although that is actually a huge part of their uh, like suicide prevention foundation or, or whatever it is. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, In real life, they, they they do that kind of they do good work with that stuff. So. It was weird to find out that, like, a couple years ago, I guess, Jared basically canceled, like, you know, all of his uh, convention appearances and stuff, and I don't know if the dude had, like, a nervous breakdown, exactly what happened, but it seemed like the stress of, like, being in that life, and I, I, as a person who who had depression, I, I guess, like, just trying to deal with that all the time, and so now I think that that's awesome that they, they, they do all that stuff for their fans, because it feels like the community around Supernatural, you know, sometimes you're attracted to, to shows like this. Cause we're all, you know, we're all broken people in one way or another. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I could see people looking at Sam and the, the drama that he's gone through over his life and the internal battles he's dealing with, like literal demons and stuff like that. Like our could I can see that speaking to a lot of people, right? Like mm-hmm. I can totally see somebody wanting to, to see finding sympathy is not the right word, but, uh, finding, um, common Something ground can, with that. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. You can relate to it in a way. Not on that grand scale, but it's there. Let's get out of the uh, let's get out of the 
the doldrums here and get get back into the episode. Yeah, let's get back into the some more doldrums. So uh, <laughs> Sam gets attacked by um, a different kid, which is um, th- th- causes this weird moment where he's wrestling like what looks like a fifteen year old girl in the middle of the school hallway, which is just yeah. a weird thing to me. But managed to shove salt down her mouth and uh, moves the spirit out. So that's when they figure out like, okay, it wasn't Barry's body that we dug up, or it wasn't Barry's ghost, and we probably shouldn't have salted and burned his bones and desecrated his grave, but okay, yeah. sure. Sorry, um, Barry. They, they go through this process of figuring out that what these kids have in common is they all ride the same school bus, and this is where we get another flashback to uh, Sam kicking the snot out of Dirk. Uh, he's... <laughs> Dirk has has pushed Sam just one millisecond too far, and Sam just whips up and through this like kung fu training that his dad has taught him, because <laughs> of course Papa Winchester has taught these boys how to defend themselves. <laughs> yeah, he just whoops up on, on Dirk like no no question, and then walking away says, uh, "Oh yeah, you're just a jerk, Dirk. You're Dirk the jerk." And then literally the entire school starts chanting Dirk the jerk at this kid, which is yeah. Even before we find out all of the Dirk stuff, which we'll get to in a minute. I feel real bad about. Yeah. Um, but there was before, you know, it was before MySpace. They didn't have anything but chance at bullies. You know, they just, they needed that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think the, the, the showing, showing Dirk, like, beating up on Barry, who's this, like, tiny little nerd, and even Sam, who's, like, the the actor is, like, still pretty small and scrawny. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's supposed to be like, oh, hell yeah, he's beating up the bully. He's, like, doing the thing that everybody always wanted to do in high school. And then as he's walking away, even though everyone's cheering, you're like, hmm. Yeah, this doesn't feel good. Yeah. This doesn't this doesn't feel great. Because uh, hurting people is never good, no matter how cathartic you think it's going to be in the moment. And like in this moment, the high school brawl, whatever, it just, it doesn't matter that Sam won or Hero won, whatever. It, it's still bad. Hurting people is always bad. And like for a minute, they, they make you feel that exaltation of like the good guy, the, the small guy, uh, David beating up Goliath, right? Like mm-hmm, he's, mm-hmm. you feel that, like you're like, all right, Sam, get, get your own back. And then immediately after this, all the kids chant this Dirk the Jerk thing out of him. Sam and Dean in the present time discover that the bus driver was Dirk's dad. They go to interview the guy and find out poor Dirk just had most, one of the most miserable childhoods you've ever heard about. His mom died early. He was super angry. He had a hard time learning. The kids called him poor and dirty and stupid. And they said yeah. they even had a nickname for him, called him Dirk the Jerk. <laughs> like, and Sam's like, oh, fuck. Oh, dude, whatever. And uh, meanwhile, Dean, in, in the modern day, isn't really connecting to these like past fields like Sam is. Like, right? Like, we don't see... We'll see this a little bit towards the end, but right now, like, Dean's just trying to get the job done. And, um... I think he's the one asking, like, oh, well, we're, you know, because did, did Dirk commit suicide as well? I, th- uh, either suicide or it was like a drug overdose. Because Something, yeah, he he dies somehow. Uh, and Dean's like, well, where did you bury him? It's like, oh, well, we didn't bury him. Uh, we had him cremated. And Dean has this great line of, all of him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's so bad at asking these questions. <laughs> I love it so much, though, man. That all of him line is just, man, in the middle of a completely, like, down episode where Sam is almost in tears, you're learning all this horrible stuff, and then all of a sudden Dean just comes out with, did you burn all of him? Yeah. <laughs> guy's like, well, no, actually, I kept a locket of his hair. Yeah, that's just, uh, uh, that's fine. I don't, I don't really care that much. Um, it's a plot point. It's a plot point. I'd. It's just a weird thing. To, like, would you ever? I don't know. It seems strange. I but. can't imagine. I love Autumn more than I love anybody on this earth. 
I cannot imagine cutting a lock off of her dead body, a lock of hair off of her dead body, and then saving it in my Bible and putting that Bible in my school bus that I drive back and forth to work every day. Yeah, it's, it's a little morbid for sure. It's it's a little weird. It's a little dark. It's it's kind of. I mean, I get it. Like it's your kid, so maybe that maybe that has some different connotation to it. I don't know, listeners. Write in monstersweek.cool slash contact. Tell me about the dead parts that you've cut, collected over the years. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Did I mention that uh, Dirk called Sam Loose Chester at one point? I just oh, want to make sure that... It's so weak. <laughs> it's the worst comeback of all time. More like Sam Loose Chester. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Oh, man. So Dirk has uh, taken over the, a totally different bus driver and is going to try to run these bus full of kids off the road when uh, he runs over a spike strip from Need for Speed, which Sam and Dean have... Cleverly placed in his path. Where the fuck did they get that? Where did God they get a it. spike Where strip? Where did they get a spike strip? Doesn't make any damn sense. Crip, please. Cripky, please. <laughs> I don't remember who wrote this episode. Oh, Andrew Dab. Dab, please. What are you doing? Dab, please. Um, so they they pull the bus driver off, and there's like a confrontation. First, they, they tie him up, and their idea to trap this ghost spirit or whatever is to soak a rope in salt water. Yep, sure. It's just, it's a weird way to, like, the stuff that they do with salt is always really, really strange to me. Um, But it works. Like, they they keep him tied up for a little bit, but then he breaks out and Sam has to shoot him. Chris, could you tell if they shot him, like, for real, or did he just use rock salt and then not I think it's rock salt because he's a ghost. Because otherwise he literally just murdered a bus driver in front of, like, a bus full of kids, right? That's pretty dark. (laughs) It's really bad. Um... They, uh, something else to, to, that I wrote down was that young Sam and Dean, when I, when Sam's getting bullied and uh, Dean is like, why didn't you defend himself? Or why didn't you defend yourself? Sam's like, oh, I don't want to be a freak. But Dean says, I want to rip his lungs out. Uh, his, that specific line, I want to rip his lungs out. And then he says it again when Sam gets like jumped by the ghost in the hallway. Dean says, I'm going to rip its lungs out. Yeah. Uh, I just thought it was a nice little, nice little thing there. They're clearly going for it. Oh, Dean's still protective of older brother. Yeah, it's it's extremely funny. I dig that. Uh, so, while Sam has this conversation, this is where we have our uh, It Gets Better conversation, mm-hmm. where Sam is saying, Dirk, you know, everyone lives through that, and they come out of it a stronger person, like it's just school, you know, everything gets better at, after this, and all this other stuff. And I'm like, Sam, you're, you're, number one, home dude is a ghost. <laughs> everything yeah. you know about ghosts tells you that they're not rational people, like Obviously, Dirk wouldn't be the kind of guy to want to kill a bus full of people. Dirk the ghost, though, who's slowly gone more and more insane, is not going to listen to your dumb yeah. It Gets Better speech. Also, Sam, your life didn't get better after high school. It has gotten no, it dramatically worse with every single year that has progressed. Which it gets, it gets, they go, they get to that in a minute when he goes back to visit his teacher. Mm-hmm. I just, this, this whole thing just seems really condescending. It seems, and I guess they're probably doing this for, to, now that I think about it, um, maybe this was written from the perspective of Sam trying to convince himself of this and mm-hmm. telling this ghost this. You know how you like you, when you yell at somebody something yeah, that yeah, you yeah. have to believe. Maybe it could be that. I don't, what, what's your take on this? Because I, I came, I, I thought this was pretty tone deaf to tell a ghost it's it gets better. Yeah, the message. <laughs> Sorry, you're I dead. Is, I think the message is kind of hammed in there because the episode is dedicated to two people in the memory of two people. I don't, I didn't remember their names, but I'm guessing that these were people who, who, you know, took their own lives or, or something to that effect. Um, 
just the fact that they they dedicated it made me think you know this is this is for that person this is for that uh kid who, who that depressed teenager whoever who might be watching this it didn't seem like it was to the ghost it seemed like it was to the audience or to to somebody in the audience who might need to hear that from their hunky hero um and in that regard it's like this just show does sometimes just target a, young, a younger audience that i can no longer truly relate to Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, he's hundred percent like it's fallen on deaf ears. Like he's literally saying it to a ghost who's like, "It didn't get better for me. I'm a ghost." <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's how I always just took it. It's like this is like they're trying to say it to somebody. This is a, and I guess you could say it's it's like almost condescending or tone deaf, but like because they're trying to like, "Hey, kids, everything's gonna be okay. Don't do drugs." Like something like that. Um, that's just how I've always taken it. That makes sense. I, I looked up these people that died because I, I didn't see the um, dedication at the end. I must have missed mm-hmm. it. Um, and it, there were people that worked on the show. Oh, I see. Okay. So one was a rigging electrician and one was an online editor. So Interesting. Uh, rest in peace with those dudes. Um, yeah, this... I, I guess we don't have to talk about it anymore. I just... It's it's fine. If if he's talking to the audience and trying to help young kids, that's yeah, totally fine. I'm not I'm not gonna say anything bad about that. So, and even if they didn't mean to do that, and if they're if it works that way now, that's fine too. Like that's totally <laughs> that's perfectly to, acceptable. I'm to not go. gonna take that away from anybody. So, the final uh, scene is just Sam going back to talk to his teacher and being like, "Hey, thanks for the advice. You told me to you know follow my own path and not just do well, the family quick, they, business." They do find this lock of hair and burn it. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I, I, Sam gets beat up by a jock for like an extended amount of time, which I find hilarious. Like because he yeah. shoots this dude. With the rock salt and the spirit jumps into like the jock in the front seat. The jock comes out and just starts beating the shit out of your family, Chester. Dean, so. come on, hurry up! Your brother's getting <laughs> find the hair. Clock clean. <laughs> Dean also says that he's a uh, because someone says like, "Aren't you the gym teacher?" And he's like, "I'm 21 Jump Street." The, uh, <laughs> the bus driver is uh, selling pot, yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's, and that's why we had to shoot him with a sawed-off shotgun yeah. outside yeah. the bus. <laughs> that's dark, Dean. That's dark. Mm-hmm. Um. Sorry, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Afterwards, Sam goes back, sees the teacher. He's like, hey, thanks for reaching out. Like, thanks for caring, all that stuff. And the teacher is like, oh, so did you end up, you know, doing your own thing, following your own path? He's like, yeah, for a little while. But then I ended up falling into the path that I never wanted. I ended up in this life because, you know, things change. Life happens. And the episode ends with uh, the teacher asking, well, all that matters is, is if you're happy. Are you happy, Sam? And then it's just that kind of slow zoom in on his like pretend smile and then <laughs> like, cut to uh, black yeah sure yeah i um, um there, there's a couple of parts here uh that right before this the teacher scene that i want to talk about because we get some we get some conclusion to our young sam and dean storylines oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that we've been dealing with uh young sam walks through high school like just a badass everybody's like, clapping him on the back saying how great he is for beating up dirk the jerk like he's getting high fives everywhere. Like he's the he's what do they call it the the head man on campus or whatever the big man the on campus big man on campus yes the big man the <laughs> you BMSC. really forget because you were just saying it <laughs> well we we called him BMSCs for so long that I forgot what it stood for you know oh yes it's like how people say ATM machine now or ASAP <laughs> as possible right right um BMSC the uh and then Dean uh, is busted by his blonde friend from mm-hmm. the Vampire Diaries uh, making out with a brunette. At this point, and um, she just lays into him and calls him like a like a sad, pathetic man. Yeah, uh, she's almost not that mean at first. She's like, I feel I feel bad for you. Like, I think that the way you are with your brother, like, I think that there's clearly a good person in there somewhere, but you're acting like somebody you're not, and it's pathetic. 
And Dean's just like, uh-uh, I'm a Euro. I'm a Euro. He literally yells it like that. I don't know if you've ever heard me say that on, uh, on Chomp Chain, Jeremy, because I used to mm-hmm. yell it all the time. I'm a Euro. It's, it's from this. Because they do it in the gag reel as well, from the way that this kid delivers this line. Oh, man. Just, it's, a, it's a take, man. Like, it's it the, is, I'm a hero. <laughs> it's and really I don't know weird. if it's supposed to make Dean seem like like a loser or something because it's almost like that it's almost like the bully trying to convince himself like no i'm the euro i'm a good guy i'm a euro it's so it's so weird i think he's definitely saying that out loud to her because as he's saying this like all of her little friends are like looking at him like shaking their head and turning around and walking away so it's very much again him trying to convince himself of this like fiction that he's created for himself this badass thing is Mm -hmm. is right and then of course what happens papa winchester shows up finally they load up in the car and they jet so, like, none of this actually mattered. And this is the reason at the very beginning of the episode that Dean seemed so, uh, he, he was so reticent to, to go back to this high mm-hmm. school to, to have, to talk about these feelings. And that Sam was kind of mixed, mixed about it. His complicated feelings. And we kind of mostly focus on Sam's complicated feelings in this episode, but it was probably one of the first times that someone had ever called Dean on his shit. And I don't think that that's something ever went away you know it's like now i just have to i have to tighten the mask i have to put it on even more so that people you know these cracks don't slip through ever again uh and that's how we got to like the broken man that he you know was when his dad died you know the way that dean had had made himself he could never really come back from that and john dying i think made him face who he really was again and i have to imagine before he spends up until the point he spent 40 years in hell, uh, 10 of which were torturing other souls, that this is probably like one of the worst moments of his life, right? Mm-hmm. Like this was probably the moment that he kept, he returns to when he can't go to sleep at night. Like when your brain yeah. just decides like, oh, have you not thought about all the bad shit that you've done or anybody's ever said to you for a while? Let me put that on a loop for a little while yeah. while you're trying to go to sleep. Because the, the <laughs> action and the danger and the mistakes, like all of that Dean can look past because he, he lives for that shit. He lives for hunting. Um, but yeah, looking back on those shameful moments of just some girl in high school just calling him out on his shit. It's just one of those things that he could, he could never really put it away. Yeah, so I guess to sum up this episode, I, I like it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. it's def- it definitely is one of our middle-of-the-road episodes. I think as we continue to cover the series that this is going to become a very big problem. Like I remember season 6, 7, and 8 having... Just the middle bits, just like not have anything to do with the major storyline, which is what I was there to watch. Feeling like they were spinning their wheels with the meta plot and then just like solving a normal ghost mm-hmm. story, which is exactly what this is. Like, this is just like literally a, a spirit um, that they, you know, had to salt and burn to, to solve. Like, that's there's no interesting monster here. Like, it's it's cool that he took the spirit could take over people and make them do horrible things or whatever. Like, and again, at least it's a supernatural thing and not yeah. just like humans did it <laughs> like in yeah. family remains, not to keep harping on family remains. I don't think it's as bad as I was, I was quite trying to say on Twitter or anything. Like I just, I don't like it as much as, as these mm-hmm, two. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I like this young Sam and Dean stuff. I love the young Sam and Dean stuff so much. Like I love seeing shitty Dean. I love seeing super young Sam who apparently like when he, like, I, I don't know, man. Like, the kid just doesn't seem to age at all. Like, he's going to be our young Sam for a while, and it really, really seems like is, this kid. Like, for many more seasons. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they, they bounce through some Deans, but young Sam is going to be our, 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 our boy for a while. Mm-hmm. So, I, I like this. I, you know, again, it's it's hard coming off of 10 amazing episodes at the beginning of season four and then kind of being stuck at this red light, to, to go back to yeah. my earlier metaphor. Yeah. What, what do you think? Where are you at? Where do you not? Same place. You know, I, I like this episode, but... I was always sort of sentimental for it. 
like what I was saying earlier. And that's really, it's, I'm a sentimental person anyway. Um, so looking back at stuff like that, you know, nostalgic, painful memories and stuff, I don't know. It's just the way that I am. Uh, and this, you know, this is the boys dealing with that kind of thing. So, um, I liked it for those reasons. Cool. I'll try to be less depressing the- in the uh, next episode. No, no, that's good. I mean, <laughs> oh, I guess before we before we move on, I do want to mention uh, poor Barry. Poor Barry. Like, it's it's a weird thing. Autumn and I were talking about this last night because when you finish the episode and you find out that this is mostly a story about uh, Dirk, they really like the writers just treated Barry kind of terribly. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he didn't need to have commit suicide to further the story. His bone, his body didn't need to be dug up and salted and burned to continue the story, but they, they did it. And I just feel real yeah. bad for poor Barry. Poor I one out. If it's, for the- it's supposed to be like causing Sam to like reflect on something or like, I don't know. Oh, 100%. Sure I just, for. man, like it's just, they just really like put the screws yeah, to the, this poor fictional kid. The end of the episode is like them driving away in, in the Impala when, uh, John Winchester picks them up and it's like Sam waving goodbye to Barry up in the, the, the window. Oh, it is. Yeah. Barry's all sad. Man. And, like he already looks Barry. like a ghost. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's dark. Yeah. They just wanted to make the saddest, nerdiest kid ever. Let's talk about sex and violence. Let's do it. We finally get an interesting monster, huh? Yeah, yeah. Written by Catherine Humphreys, directed by Charles Beeson. A seductive siren compels three men to murder their wives in a small Iowa town. Sam and Dean investigate and fall under her spell, leading them to engage in a battle against one another. Before we get too far, Chris, you talked about this, I think, maybe in the first episode of this podcast. It could be the second episode, where uh, there's going to be several times where the boys get possessed by a demon or they drink some truth serum or whatever but then they tell each other the hard truths they really can't tell one mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. uh this is one of those episodes and man i can't wait to talk about it like it's <laughs> probably my favorite scene throughout this episode there's there's yeah. i like this episode a lot i like i like this episode a whole lot uh I, it doesn't go do much for our meta plot besides some no. kind of casual discussion and the there's some really bad, like, I mean, our first, our cold open here is just this dude being super shitty to his wife dude. and to the point where he just beats her with the meat tenderizer, which yeah. is over the top. Kind of um, shitty. All, I wrote, like, doesn't seem paranormal, just seems awful. Like, as somebody who, like, listens to a lot of, like, true crime podcasts and stuff like that, that's all I could think about is just, like, yeah, people do that in real life. Like, it doesn't take a, uh, a monster to make a dude, a shitty dude, treat a woman like that. And it... It was a little bit weird, and then it's like, okay, we have to quickly move past that stuff, because it's like, I don't know, it just felt too real. It felt a little too graphic for me, even though they don't like, they don't specifically show it. We get our classic, like, blood splattered on the wall thing, but yeah. like, it's very obvious what's happening. Like, he picks up the hammer, the hammer or the, the meat tenderizer or whatever, which seems like a bad way to go. Mm-hmm. And I get it. It's because in the next scene, it's Sam and Dean interviewing this guy, being like, I love my wife. I have no idea why that happened. I was awake for it. I wasn't possessed. I wasn't, I mean, he doesn't say that, but they deduced that he wasn't possessed. He wasn't on drugs. He just killed his wife and he doesn't know why. And I gave that, the idea of that is scary in itself, but it's like, I, I don't know. That whole, that whole thing is, uh, it's just awful. It's a whole lot of awful happening there. 
Yeah, it's it's bad. Um, but they they confront him with this like bill, this credit card bill that he spent like nine thousand dollars at this one strip club, or as they keep calling it. I guess you can't say the word strip club on TV, so they have to call it a nudie bar constantly, which yeah. seems like the most juvenile way to refer to you know a, a strip bar, a strip yeah. club. But yeah, they're going to the nudie bar a lot, and uh, and that's what that's what this whole episode is going to revolve around. There is one sh- siren um, who is this weird monster that we're going to talk about probably m- more in detail later. Mm-hmm. But she's been seducing these men and at, from the strip club. The problem that the boys are going to face is that they all look. They interview these three guys. They've all done stuff for the stripper, and they all look have given different descriptions. So she's basically mm-hmm. fulfilling fantasies in, in these men's lives, and then forcing them to to do these things for reasons that are kind of unclear. What is the so siren's he, motivation to to do this? Nothing did you, did you get is into that? better than watching somebody kill for you. Okay. That's it's not like, true. That's what the sirens. <laughs> have, have you seen says? the new season of Game of Thrones yet? Because <laughs> maybe we could try doing that siren. <laughs> uh, obviously, this is based off of the Greek myth of the sirens, like mm-hmm. who would lure sailors to their deaths. That was just the the urban legend of the time, or whatever. That's why men were, were lured to rocks. They would hear the siren call, and it, it seduces you in. But um, in Supernatural, this is this is from Dad's diary. Uh, they use a, a venom gland in their mouths. They can and they can infect people with large doses of the hormone oxytocin, a hormone that is produced during childbirth, lactation. Jeremy, lactation, mm-hmm. sex, and so, it's sometimes called the love hormone. So yeah. they Thank basically you, they flood your body with a chemical to seduce you to make you feel like you're absolutely wholeheartedly in love with them. Um, okay, so here we go, from Dad's Diary. Unlike many monsters, sirens do not technically feed on humans. Instead, they feel an intense rush of pleasure when their victims carry out atrocities against other loved ones. Uh, like the people they infect, the intense feelings of, of euphoria do not last long, and they quickly grow bored with their targets and venture off to find others. So this is kind of, as far as monsters go, they're the worst of the worst, because they're doing it for pleasure. You know, vampires have to feed, werewolves can't control themselves, ghosts, again, it's, it's all of these monsters who really don't have a choice in what they are and now we face a monster that it's just doing it because it enjoys it meanwhile these sirens out here just trying to get a nut (laughs) meanwhile these sirens (laughs) trying to get a nut (laughs) yeah uh these sirens are super gross like right off the bat Um, they look really gross too and you actually see what they look like they're like these fleshy guillermo del toro monsters yeah it looks it looks very pan's labyrinth which i Mm -hmm. appreciated like i think the uh the creature work here that has to be cgi and it looked actually pretty good it does um anytime that you're doing the thing where you uh show two people together and then you pan to a mirror and in the mirror the monster is super like this you see the true face of the monster Mm -hmm. or whatever um it's especially bad here because they're showing it like during sex so this dude is like boning down on this creepy looking monster thankfully (laughs) thankfully sam doesn't bone any monsters although i spent most of the episode thinking that he did and was kind of excited about it (laughs) i forgot about the twist i forgot about the twist too i knew i knew that the the the, there's the dude was the siren spoilers Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to get to it. I knew that he was a siren, but I also thought that Kara, the doctor was the siren. And then I was like, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Hold on. Well, it's I'm just, very confused. It's such an obvious setup because they, they meet this doctor who's kind of our, our basically like the person that does all of the doctoring for this area that they're in. So mm-hmm. she's done talk screens on the, on these guys that killed their wives. She's done the autopsy on the victim. So of course they have to go talk to her. It screams setup because she's instantly kind of taken with Sam and 100% ignores Dean. Yeah. And, uh, although at some point Dean accuses Sam of C blocking him, mm-hmm. which 
just Come like on, they yeah. obviously want Dean to use language. Like I just wish they would beep out his bad language at some point, yeah. like they did on that one Hell- Hellraiser's yeah. episode or uh, Ghostfacer's episode, because like C blocking, like that sounds like a suntan lotion, right? Like I don't know what yeah. you're accusing Sam of. It's always funny when Dean gets all flustered about that shit, though. It's one of my favorite things. But he just like yeah, can't she- believe. He's like, "This is fucking bullshit." You want to date this moose and not, or you're interested in this moose and not me? Nope, there's no dating involved. Just don't get it twisted. Yeah, no, she's not. She's not looking for 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 dating. She might as well be an old art chick for how hungry she is for that Sam Hawk to to call back <laughs> that, that ghost ship episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, just I I am just absolutely flabbergasted that Sam has sex with a human woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who does not die? That we know of. Um, that we I don't, know of. I don't think that she comes back. I'll, I'll go do a quick wiki check, but I don't think she shows back up, which is which is interesting. Um, it's weird that this episode is just named "Sex and Violence." Like that seems like a, a pretty direct name, but you know, whatever. Um, I I am also very glad that he had sex with a human woman. However, I think I think we need to call attention to several details here. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one in the in the history of the show, this is only the second human woman out of four four women that he has had sex with. So he yes. is fifty fifty for sleeping with monsters. Yes. Second, do you think that he's got a demon STD test between the last time he boned Ruby and now he's boning this chick? Um, no, think, definitely. Think he got attention? Is he is he using protection? I think our demons able to. No, de- demons definitely have STDs. There's really no getting around that. I, don't I, I would I would assume that like they would glorify in getting and passing on to STDs. I'm pretty sure Ruby says something about her body being clean, and which makes it even grosser. But yeah, I think that actually is a line. I could be wrong. I, I'm just saying, like it seems like Sam is being very irresponsible right now. He's yeah. being an irresponsible uh, adult male. Also, throughout all these episodes, we're seeing. Um, Sam, like, sneaking off to make, like, sketchy phone calls, like he's cheating on Dean. And he is cheating on Dean with Ruby. Uh, and Dean keeps, like, snooping through Sam's phone, being like, what the fuck? Why are you calling Ruby? Who's this Who's this number in your phone? What is this shit? Yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're definitely acting like they're boyfriend and girlfriend and not brothers. Of course, Dean has every, every, every right to suspect yeah, Sam, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. And because and, he's actually doing some bad shit. But yeah, they, they're building that up throughout this episode. Uh, they find out, like, they, they kind of track down the strip club. We see this whole extended scene of this dude murdering his mom for for the siren. That's yeah. where we see the siren's true form for the first time. Uh, Bobby says that to kill these things, you need a bronze knife. With the there's a the phrase that he uses is is really bizarre, right? Like it's a mm-hmm. uh, a bronze knife. It's like dipped in the blood of the sailor affected or whatever. <laughs> like it's a it's a yeah. it's weird language. You have to give them a taste of their own medicine. Yeah, you have to find someone who is not. Not used to be under the influence, so they can't use these three guys that are that, that are in jail for murdering their wives. It has to be someone who is currently under the influence. And of course, at this point, this is where Dean and Sam kind of start arguing about because you know Sam totally has sex with this doctor chick. Which, yeah, I guess uh, we need to talk about the sex scene, don't we? Because we usually we usually spend some time in these and talk about our feelings about it. I I feel like I like this sex scene. I'm just going to say yeah, that out loud. Yeah, this is like the most consenting. Like, hey, you know what? Work is hard sometimes. Have a couple drinks. You know what, hot guy? You want to just want to go for it? You want to do this thing? Who cares, right? It's like it's just and they fade out. It's a couple smooches and they fade out. 
Yeah, yeah. There's some like they they undo some clothes, but it doesn't go very far. We don't have to see like an ex- no music plays, which I think I think maybe hey, may, maybe some like background, but like yeah. ready for love doesn't come on. Again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you you want to know it it plays into the episode. It's not just a you know one of these boys needs to bone down, right? Like this guy, like yeah. Ruby. I get that they're trying to show like he was literally seduced by a demon, but they didn't have they didn't need it. You know, it could have been anything. It didn't necessarily need to be sex. That was just the easiest way to show it. Dean and Anna, that's just because. That's just because Dean needed to get some. That's all. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. this it had been actually, a while since they had a sex scene. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it was. This is, this is playing into the twist of the episode. It's like, oh, crap. Sam totally just slept with the siren. We're screwed. Yeah. I would, I would also argue that probably the main reason they wanted Dean to sleep with Anna is just to have the, the flip of the coin from what Sam yeah, is doing, yeah. right? Like, they're, they're trying to drive, like, a straight-up wedge between those two boys mm-hmm. as far as what they're capable of and what they actually do. But anyway. Um, but yeah, like, she comes onto this dude pretty strong. I think, like, it's, it's she's the one that initiates everything. Mm-hmm. Like, she clearly gives consent. She's clearly under her... I mean, they're having a drink, but she's not under the influence. Right. They, you know, they, they don't linger on this. We don't see any nipple action. And uh, and ladies out there, I know you, I know, I know some ladies, some fellas like that nipple action. I'm not taking that away from you. I'm not. Like, you guys, if there's nipple action out there, fucking put that shit on repeat all night long. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shame you for it. I just don't want to see it anymore. I don't, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> right? I just don't want it in Supernatural. I just don't care for that kind of thing in Supernatural. It just, yeah. I, I think, I was saying this on Twitter, it always just feels tonally weird when they just like, throw mm-hmm. a sex scene mm-hmm. in. And it, like, I don't think the boys are celibate. I don't think that like sex should be completely removed from the show as, as something that, that takes place like here especially it works it makes sense it made you think oh shit sam like this is bad and then you realize it's totally not it's part of the twist like i said it's it's good I th- i'm glad it's here but a lot of the times i'm just like okay let's can we cut away now like please i don't need this it's just it's like it's kind of that weird like reality porn thing that sam kept joking with uh, the dean about mm-hmm. like we, it just seems maybe from like an older era of TV where like you had to show that kind of thing or like that would drive up views. And again, I think we, we have mentioned this in like season one, like we're not the target audience for, for these kind of scenes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the older I've gotten to like the less, the stuff titillates me. Like if I was yeah. 13, 14, 15, like that, this stuff might be way more titillating to me, but now mm-hmm. I'm, I look at this stuff and I'm like, okay, like I get it. And you know, Dean's an attractive dude. And that chick was an attractive chick. Like I, I, I get it, but like, I'm not, like, okay, come on. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't need four yeah. courses of Ready for Love. I don't need four <laughs> verses of this song to get me through this. Come on. <laughs> anyway, um, throughout this, we, we, we neglected to mention that uh, the, the boys are posing as FBI agents, and uh, they have run across another FBI agent, and they have the most delightful scene ever where this, this FBI agent assumes that they are fake agents and they say, well, Hey, just call our boss. Dean hands him a business card. The dude calls this number on the card. And of course it's fucking Bobby. <laughs> yeah, it's Bobby wearing like a kiss the cook apron, making some weird meal. And then just yelling at this dude. Like, do you trust my decision making? You, you think I'm not responsible? Blah, blah, blah. Like just <laughs> running this dude down and then hangs up the phone on his wall of phones. So he's got yeah. different phone lines wired up and has taped, you know, department of health, FBI or whatever on each yeah, one of them. It's so that so he, good. it's such a good thing. Like I love the idea of Bobby, and, and they don't do it enough. I don't think on the show. Like, but Bobby being the, um, if you're familiar with the Batman character, the Oracle, like the center of information mm-hmm. for a group of of people out there doing like the hard shit. Like I, I love that idea. They just don't get into it as much. I think. Yeah. Um. So this this uh, FBI agent who you think is kind of going to be a roadblock the entire time as Sam goes off to, um, he goes back to the, the doctor's office, Kara, I believe her name is. Um, mm. 
before they go down. Before, it's, I think it's slightly before they... Well, yeah, he goes there with the intentions of, like, doing work, I think. And then they bone down. Um, yeah, they figured out that they need this blood, right? Because so, if, and she's, she, she's, she's got blood samples from these dudes from when she did toxicology yeah. reports. So he's if trying Sam's to get that, but of like course a, they've been stolen. If Sam's got a crush on somebody or something, mm-hmm. like, nothing is going to happen. He's absolutely not going to make a move. It has to 100% like be the other person. Except, I don't know what the werewolf thing was. They were just like, oh, I'm glad I'm not going to die. I guess I'll bone down on you. Oh, my God, I'm, I'm still going to die. And the last thing I did was, was bone down on a stranger. All um, we've seen of Sam when he gets involved with women that he likes, we saw this with the werewolf chick, where he was like instantly uncomfortable and awkward. And like she was mm-hmm. kind of coming onto him, throwing her underwear in front of his face and all this other stuff. And we saw this in the ghost ship episode where like the older lady is like grabbing his ass and like come here, baby, or all that stuff. And now we've seen it here where he's kind of awkward and not quite sure what to do with this level of attraction. It's like he's a, he's just a complete fucking disgusting nerd in a hunk's body. So yeah. whenever people get past the, the, the nerd part and they, they realize he's just a hunk and that's all they want him for, he has no idea how to deal with it. And that's yeah. like all of his relationships. I think, I think I, I brought it up in the last episode where Ruby's like, you're pretty buff for a nerd. Like that's like, you're yeah. just a huge nerd. That's all yeah. you are. <laughs> like he's getting a little bit better at dealing with women, but it's still like, he's still not good at it. I mean, to be fair, he's only been practicing on monsters. So, you know, True. skill set does, does True. not transfer over to hundred <laughs> <laughs> uh, percent. I do like, so they start arguing back and forth. Uh, Dean and Sam do, uh, or wait, I guess let me let me rewind just a second because we have to get this bonding scene at the strip club. Dean and uh, at the FBI agent whose name is um, FBI agent. Yeah, I wrote FBI. Agent. They finally say it at, like the end. And I, don't, I don't remember Nick. His name is Nick. Yes, he's yes, played yes, yes, by um, if you if you ever watch True Blood, he's got a major part in True Blood as Hoyt, who is the uh, he was just a giant stick in the mud about his about his girlfriend becoming a vampire. Um, huh. He's a good actor. I don't. I didn't bother looking up his name though. Look up Hoyt, everybody. Also, speaking of R.I.P. Lafayette from True Blood, I'm sad. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you, yeah, don't know yeah. if you saw that. Anyway, um, they, Dean and Nick bond at this strip club over like their love of rock music and their love of shots and their love of women getting half naked on stage. Uh, did we talk about the strip club scenes? By the way, not really. There's like four uh, of them in this, yeah. and like this is a strip club in like a relatively small town that only has one doctor for everybody. <laughs> Let's remember that that does everything, yeah. and it is the most popular strip club I've ever seen in my entire life. Like that every time they show it, off. there's like eight girls on stage <laughs> at all times. There's <laughs> hundreds of people there. Apparently, they're all cheering and clapping constantly. Fully staffed. <laughs> Fully staffed. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Anyway, there was a line I, that like the the operator or load owner operator whatever said that really made me laugh um dean says three of your customers murdered their wives and you don't think that's weird and the the (laughs) sleazy dude responds yeah i think that's super freaking weird but you know what it ain't my problem and i just thought that that was super funny yeah it's super freaking weird super freaking weird man i I, you know if if it was my job i would look into it (laughs) but it's not but I, I love uh, <laughs> Dean and this dude Nick bonding because again, you, you you called it. You thought that like this dude was going to be a serious problem, it was going to be a thorn in the in the in the brother's sides, or at least just like would go away after that mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. scene. But uh, it turns out like they're they're super duper friends. And when Sam and Dean have this argument uh, about you know because they're they're they split up and some other stuff happens, we're not going to get into a lot of that. But yeah, the, uh, the FBI agents like, oh shit. 
the serial killer is leaving a calling card. It's this this flower. That's uh, what it is. Yeah. And then he's like, I saw that flower at the doctor's office, and uh, Dean is like, Oh my god, Sam's there now. He's going to be under the spell. And uh, basically, you know, he calls Sam, and it finds out that they bone down on each other, and he's like, Oh mm-hmm. shit, Sam! Like, that's the siren. We got to kill her. You're in trouble. And Sam's like, No, but no. That's no, no, not- man, I got a hunch. She's not the siren. It's just a hunch. Yeah. My hunch is that <laughs> I slept with her. <laughs> Dean's he also should have said, like, my hunch is that I slept with her, and then I don't want to kill you. Right? Yeah, number one. <laughs> like, I'm, totally I'm not cool interested with, in like, killing with, you. With leave of this chick. <laughs> um, I like how Dean specifically calls out our conversation about Sam a lot when he says, like, what is it with you and banging monsters? Yeah. <laughs> Sam's like, what the, don't, what? What are you talking yeah, about? Just a low blow right there. Yeah. Um, but Dean refuses to tell Sam where he is. He's like, I'm going to go get this this blood. And uh, he calls his FBI buddy, Nick, up, and they go to stalk uh, Kara, thinking that it's it's Kara. And as they're kind of staking out this place, Nick is like, so what do you think is this? And they kind of go back and forth. And it's it's revealed here that this is where, er, that the siren is actually Nick and not Kara at all. And And Chris... How great is it that the one thing that you need to seduce Dean with isn't like a hot chick? <laughs> it's not. It's not like a perfect life because that didn't work the last time. All you have to be is just a partner that doesn't question him all the goddamn time just and doesn't brother. drink demon blood and just doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just be a better brother to this dude, and he's all in. <laughs> it's so sad. It's Poor so Sam. sad. <laughs> oh, he's really getting the shit out of the stick on this one. He doesn't. He doesn't question him. He doesn't. Uh go behind his back. He's just a nope. good old brother who likes rock and roll and appreciates the car they drive. Yeah, they, they do bond over the Impala. And at one point, uh, Dean says something like, he kind of outlines this stuff. He's like, you're just going to have to trust me. And, and the guy's like, okay, sure, yeah, okay, I got you. And he's like, thank you. <laughs> like, yeah. You can just tell. Like, It must be exhausting hanging out with Sam. <laughs> Sam question every single possible thing of this plan Winchester, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, yeah, it is a little bit sad that that's like, a better younger brother who he feels like would appreciate all that he does for him is all that Dean wants in the world. Cause I don't think that as much as we can go back and forth on this, obviously there's nobody in the, the world of supernatural who loves Dean more than Sam, but Sam is r- far from a good brother. It's it's, he's a bad guy. That's what I'm saying. He's a bad guy. Yeah. So Dean is unfortunately under the spell of the siren. Yeah, so we get our we get a good confrontation here. Uh, Sam comes back to the whatever and finds Nick, and of course, Dean, who is under the siren spell uh, or venom or whatever, like uh, holds it, like grabs Dean and um, holds a knife to him or whatever. And uh, I, there's a really scary scene where he's like, you know, I, I can show you how much control I have over Dean. Like, just cut his cut, cut your brother's neck just a little bit, and he just cuts in just a little bit, and it's kind of bad and creepy. I don't and scary. Yeah, it's a it's a very uncomfortable situation, especially like, I mean, that's it's it's building on that uh, vulnerability. Like, these two brothers have really no control over their actions here. They they don't, and uh, almost immediately. Well, first, first the siren like has to talk extensively about the siren plans that he has, which just feels <laughs> like it goes on forever and nobody cares. Like, I don't. Who cares about that? Because afterwards, he. Like opens up his mouth and we see inside of his mouth, which is like a creepy looking insect mouth, and uh, he spits venom in Sam's yeah, face. Sam calls him a needy, pathetic loser. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> and that's when he spits the venom in his face. He's like, oh, okay. Oh, all right. I'll show you, needy, pathetic loser. <laughs> it's bad. Um, mm-hmm. And so both of the brothers are now under the siren spell. And the siren says, Nick the siren. <laughs> Nick the siren. Hi, says, Nick uh, the siren. um, friend of the show, Nick the siren. It says basically, like, you two obviously have a lot of shit to, to, to work out. Why don't you fight to the death? Whoever wins gets to be with me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Chris, you're, you're with me when I say the siren has no idea about heaven, hell, angels, <laughs> anything. The right? siren yes. has no idea what it's gotten itself into. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, he's just clueless. So, like, from the moment they they go and they start having these arguments, he's like, "When I was down and when I was away in hell, you've been calling Ruby a demon and doing stuff with her." And like, yeah, I mean, there's a scene where uh, Nick the Sovereign like sits down on the couch, and it basically is for all the like, if you just put if he just grabbed a bag of popcorn, it wouldn't be out of place for yeah. like how much he's like, <laughs> "What the hell did I do?" They start getting into each other deep, man. They start like immediately yelling at each other and this is what i was talking about at the first where like once you get once you possess a winchester like you're gonna they're gonna get out of the box crazy right yeah yeah so this exchange here is very sad because they're toxic on both ends what sam says is really shitty and mean what dean says is really sad so what dean says is the sam i knew is gone it's not the demon blood or the psychic crap. It's the little stuff, the lies and the secrets. What else you aren't telling me? We used to be mm-hmm. in this together. We used to have each other's backs. It's that whole thing that that brotherhood that Dean is like, dude, what the hell happened? You know, six months ago before I died, we were right there together. You know, up until the very end of season three, that psychic stuff was gone. You know, until Ruby came back. The only way to save your brother is this psychic stuff. And Dean was like, no, don't do that. Come on, please. And then Dean died. And what did Sam do? The thing that Dean didn't want him to do. It's been this whole building up, build up of tension. And Dean is just sad about it here. He's just basically being like, yeah, I wish that I had, I wish I had my brother back. And what Sam says is that you're holding me back. You're too weak. I'm the better hunter. I'm the better hunter. Like, wow, Sam, what are you doing? Yeah. And it's really play. And in some ways, Sam is the better hunter, but in a lot of ways, he's this total fuck-up who's leaning into evil shit, you know? He's leaning into this whole psychic power stuff, and he thinks, because of the the lies that Ruby has been planting in his head, you know, these little phone calls they're having, um, the stuff that we saw earlier in this uh, group of episodes, you know, she's just, like, weeded her way in mind, and now he believes that he is the only person who can save the world, he's the only person strong enough to kill Lilith and stop the apocalypse and Dean by not letting him do the things he needs to do is holding him back and it's like dude come on you've been totally literally seduced to the dark side <laughs> literally literally and figuratively seduced to the dark side uh, and then they, they, they start beating the hell out of each other and the, all the conversation stops and it's it's always fun seeing the brothers fight like I can only imagine the episode preview CW was running with yeah. before this episode and people getting like well why are the brothers fighting like that's always good stuff uh, I like it a lot I, I just man like t- t- taking the filter off these boys right like taking the filter off of like them trying to be nice to one another and kind of respect one another's privacy a little bit, but also like we need to talk about, you guys need to be talking about some of this serious shit that you're doing. Like there's no way that Dean should be 
and, and and he wouldn't like he hasn't had a lot of time like he just just this morning saw the thing about uh you know with Sam doing weird phone yeah. calls and calling Ruby but man like I this is so good I love this kind of a yeah. just because they carry around these emotion this emotional baggage so often and we see this on their solos like whenever we see them away from one another we see them dealing with this and and kind of suspecting the other one or hiding stuff. So when you finally get to rip that filter off and they just go after each other like this, it's always entertaining to me. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, in a way the show relies on these moments to say shit that the boys are never going to say in any other way. It is a crutch when we have these moments because it's always something like a possession or something like that, but, uh, it still works. You know, that's what the world of supernatural is and you're allowed to do that. So, um, it's, at the end, we get we get all these emotions, but it's always the same thing at the end of, we're fine, right? Like, we're cool? Yeah, we're cool. But we're not cool. Like, we're, we're, we're not definitely cool not cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, spoiler alert, like, the boys survive this, and, um, like, it, Dean is about, finally gets an axe. He's about to, like, just start chopping fucking Sam's head off, and, uh, who comes out of nowhere but our buddy Bobby, boy. who, uh, stabs Dean in the shoulder, which, of course, gets this blood on the knife and then um the the, uh the the siren immediately sees this and turns around and fucking jets Mm -hmm. as fast as possible which i love it when that when that kind of stuff happens i love seeing a monster like go oh shit and then just running out the door (laughs) but uh bobby who is just the most amazing badass ever fucking proper form throws this knife with the blade in his fingers like just yeah like he's done it before Oh my god, it's so awesome. It just stabs this dude. Of course, the siren goes down, and I think, like, it looks in the mirror and talks to itself for a little while. Some dramatic death, yeah, but who cares? cares? Nobody cares. So. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Nick the siren. Yeah. <laughs> so then it's, you know, cut to the next morning or whatever it is. The boys and Bobby are hanging out at the side of the road. Bobby hands them root beers, and Dean's like, uh, what? He's like, you drive- uh, you're driving, ain't you? <laughs> you're driving, right? <laughs> I like how Bobby is is very much a much a dad figure, despite not being their dad at all. It's it's a lot of fun, and yeah, they this is where Bobby leaves, and then they have this like, okay, well, you know that stuff I said while under the sirens, you know, spell wasn't wasn't real, and Dean's like, oh yeah, yeah, totally, me too, me too, me too, totally, yeah. totally, 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 right, totally, yeah, yeah, not sure, real, not real, like that not was real. totally gonna say yeah. the exact same thing, like honestly, <laughs> totally, totally not real, totally, yeah, not real. no, I was, you know, I was just messing yeah. around. Did I? Yeah, I think I, I even I said that earlier, right? Like we're totally on the yeah, same page, yeah. Sam. Like, yeah, everything's great. Yeah, yeah. What were we talking everything's about? Everything's cool. <laughs> Are we cool? Are we cool? Yeah. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, uh, these boys are not cool. These boys Chris. are not cool. Um, and that's that's the end of the episode. I, I guess I came in with some negative energy, Chris. I came into these three episodes with some negative energy, okay. but uh. I think we 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 squeezed every last drop of entertainment that we poss- or discussion that we possibly could have out of yeah. these three. So I'm I'll, I'll look back at these three. Um, I think these might could be skippable. But seriously, like at this point, if you're season four into Supernatural, what are you doing skipping episodes? Yeah, like that's season yeah. one. That's that's season one. That's season one shit. When you don't like the show yet, yeah, that's some that's some amateur season one bullshit. Yeah. At this point, you should be watching every single episode and and squeezing every drop of. Uh, <laughs> emotional yeah. conversation out of these brothers as you possibly can. Whew. Been a hell of a, hell of a few episodes. It's a hell of a few episodes. You want to, um, I know you're sweltering in your room. Are you, uh, are you ready to get out of here? I'm, yeah, are we done? I'm done. It feels like, it feels like 40 days in hell. You know what I'm saying? I do. 40 I do. years. I, actually, whatever. I don't. I, I couldn't, I couldn't understand. I could never, I could never make <laughs> you, you. could never explain it to understand. me. Yeah. <laughs> Because you, because you didn't go to college for English, so you don't have to give gift of language, oh. Dean Winchester. 
<laughs> um, any last thoughts on these three? You want to you want to sum up, or are you good? I'm good. I'm good. Wrap it up. I'm good. Okay. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been Monster of the Week. You can find this web excuse me this podcast at monster of the cool you can also that gives you links to all of the various social medias that we're on um follow us on twitter follow us on instagram tumblr facebook we're we're in all of those places and we try to put stuff up we have shirts for sale we have more shirts coming up soon so i'm excited about those if you've liked chris's artwork this for this season and i know you have because it's fucking great uh you will definitely like some of the shirts that we have coming up um it's amazing and again, just, yeah, hey, thanks for listening. That's what matters. Yeah, thanks, I'm Jeremy Greer. Who are you? Oh, uh, me? Oh, I'm, his, I'm Jeremy's best friend, Chris. Jeremy's best friend, Chris Mosier. Thank you. <laughs> uh, at MOTWCast on Twitter. Follow us and you can com- have tons of conversations with us on Twitter like we do with all of our fans. I'm rambling. Bye. We'll see you later see you next later. week. Better episodes. Woo! Woo! Nice, work. nice work. I always like that. Yeah. I don't remember what the first no. episode is. Oh, it was the first guest episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was like I was... I called you before, but you didn't answer, and I didn't know that the phone call would, if it would ever end. It just kept going and going for a very long time. Discord really doesn't want to give up on people. I was in the poop zone. Oh, the poop zone. Oh, okay. you don't take your calls in the poop zone? Um, not while I'm on the poop throne. Once sure, I come sure. off the poop throne into the poop crowd, then I am willing to accept poop calls. So when I was in when I was in college, I got an important uh, job interview call uh, while I was in the poop zone. <laughs> Uh, and I had to take it, and it was it was fine. The person never knew I got the job, but you know, I guarantee you, the person knew. Like they may not have said anything, they may not have like told you about it, but they they definitely knew. How would they know? I wasn't like laying down farts. You can always tell when somebody is talking on the phone in the bathroom. Like there's something about the tile that's very echoey or something that's in there. True. So. That's true. Well, they hired me anyway. Well, I mean, they, obviously you were, you know, persevering. Like, it was a job that involved a lot of do anyway, so. Oh, well, why did you say so? It seems like from your social media presence that you had a really great weekend, though. So yeah, is it is it just weekend. the work day that, that gets you down? Yeah, like you, I just, you wake up on Monday and realize you have the longest amount of work ahead of yeah. you before you can not do it again? I get super drained, and then, which is normal, that happens to people, but then I like, <laughs> what? I don't know how is to. That a, like, is that a euphemism? <laughs> No, I just don't know how to cope with my depression now that like I'm way more exhausted from work than I used to be. And I would, you know, I'd go to work and I'd be like tired or bummed out or whatever. I'd be like, okay, Mm. now I'm going to make myself feel better by like relaxing and whatever. And now I'm so stressed out at work that when I come home, I'm like, I don't even know how to relax anymore. And then by like 11 p.m., I'm like, all right, I'm pretty chilled out right now. And then I'm going to go to bed. And like, that's it. And it's just the same cycle for the whole week. So Except it's like when even when you leave work, you still have it with you. Like you yeah. still take it with you. And it's yeah, still- for no reason. Like I don't even think about work. I just am like in a bad mood for like three hours. Sure. Yeah. Have you um have you thought about becoming a hermit? Is I that, have considered it. That's kind of like my ideal life. 
is to never go out again and just, <laughs> just do to podcasts. Never just to sit at home and podcast and play Final Fantasy fourteen all day. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. I um see I don't even I don't even mean to get negative, but it's good I I guess I think I need to like be negative for a second so that I can be like, Oh well, now I've said it out loud and it's silly, so I'm just gonna be normal again. It does actually help, I think. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, Autumn and I learned that very early on in our marriage. Like, even if you, um, even if it doesn't make any sense, like if you're mad at somebody for basically no reason and Mm -hmm. things that, you know, even if you think like in your head, like this is a dumb reason to be mad at somebody, like you should just go ahead and tell them because in the telling, like you'll just get it out, you'll feel better. And then like, you'll feel like 1000 times better. Now the problem with that is it makes the other person feel like shit, depending on what you say. So (laughs) yeah, it's kind of a back and forth. Like you kind of have to work with each other and and like prepare them and be like, Hey, I got some weird stuff going in my brain that just is looping over and over and over again that I need to say out loud so that I can make it stop. But also it's not about you. Yeah. (laughs) I just want to make sure that you understand that last part. (laughs) It's definitely not about you. It's your good, uh, good rules to live by. I think. Can I come to your wedding? You're a hundred percent invited to my wedding, Jeremy. <laughs> I would, uh, I would totally come to your wedding. That guys. would I'm be not even, not even joking. <laughs> me, me and Autumn would be like, sure, we can fly to Boston for the weekend. Yeah, that would be that's no that problem. Would be awesome. I'm assuming it would be in Boston. Yeah, I don't know. So you really haven't put a lot of thought into it. No, I ha- I should put more thought into it, but. <laughs> Have I told you how me and Autumn got married? No. Or got engaged? You have not. Uh, it's a, so we had dated for a while in the year 2000. Uh, maybe for like nine months or a year or something. And then I broke up with her because I was 21 years old. And I thought yeah. that I had shit to do with my life. Which, sure. Hey, fellas, if you're out there listening, you don't. Like, just find the girl and stick with her. She's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Several years ago, by and me and her had established like this friendship, um, this kind of passive aggressive friendship where <laughs> she was living in California and I was uh, still living in South Louisiana. And she would call me and she would tell me about guys that she was dating, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that guy sounds like an asshole." And I would call her and tell her about the girls I was dating. She's like, "That chick doesn't sound great at all. You should get rid of her." <laughs> so on a uh, around Thanksgiving, I uh, flew over to see her. And uh, we were going to hang out and just, you know, like just as friends, like spend some time together, which in hindsight doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going go to fly to go do I'm going to fly to California to see my ex-girlfriend. That doesn't make a yeah. lot of sense. Yeah, come on. Uh, and then we went to the racetrack and we bet on a bunch of ponies and we maybe had like one or two Crown or Cokes, no more than three <laughs> or four. And um, I said, Hey, I'm like, I'm, I'm, this is awesome. Like this, we should be doing this all of the time. Why aren't we? And like, what well, you know, you live there. I live here. We broke up, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, well, screw that. Let's just, let's just, just get married. Wow. And she said, and she said, excuse me. And I was like, Let, let's, let's just get married. And she's like, okay. What? <laughs> which I thought was, <laughs> which it's worked out. But at the time it seems like, again, a very bad decision. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, so I said, well, you know, I'm a Southern guy, so I need to go ask your, your dad for permission to take your hand in marriage. And she said, you absolutely are not going to do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I flew home. I, uh, I bought a ring cause I, I mean, I didn't come with the ring or anything. Right. Like I was <laughs> ill prepared. 
uh, and I like told everybody that I knew, like, hey, we're getting married, and everybody said, you're definitely not. Like, that's not going to happen, and you're totally not going to make this work. There's just no way. Like, you haven't been dating with one another for, like, two years. Why do you think that this is going to work? Um, and, and, and it did. So, yeah. Goddamn. That's a great story. I mean, like, when you propose to someone, have a ring. That's that's a yeah. lesson that you need to take from that. For because sure. she f- found out much later that she had just no, she didn't think that it was going to happen at all. She was like, you're totally going to flake out on me. Like, most people in my life thought I was going to flake on it. But, yeah. Well, good on you. Look at you now. Look And look at me now. 13 years later, right? 13 years, yeah. And some months. Dang. I have been um I have been going longer than Supernatural, which is pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. Mm, it would be weird if I came to your wedding. If we can get back to that, like I, I think that she would totally invite me. And just so you know, if you do, I would probably totally come. Like, I'd, <laughs> but it would be a little weird. Like I would like I would see like Joe, and he'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing here, guy?" I'm I know like, from this Twitter. Is, this is my friend Jeremy Greer. Hello, <laughs> friend I'm of invite, the show, Jeremy yeah, Greer. I'm inviting uh, Sam and Dean too. Well, of course. I mean, that that goes without saying. I'll just invite some uh, supernatural cosplayers. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Maybe me and uh, I'll tell you what. I'll dress up like Dean, and uh, I don't know who Dean's married to, but I'm sure Autumn can pull that look off. So yeah. that'll be easy. <laughs> I've actually never been to a wedding. What? Besides, like my own, I've never been to like an official. Like I've never gone to a church to see people to get you know united oh, wow. and whatever. I guess I hadn't for a super long time. Steve's brother got married like uh, when we were when I was in college, and that was like the first wedding I ever went to. I was just in, like invited as a plus one for his sister because I'm close to his family. Um, and then it wasn't until like every single person that I knew started getting married randomly at the same time. Um, we had a bunch of random friends, family friends. Then Joe's brother got married. Then Joe got married. Then my sister got married. And it was all within the span of like. A year, I, want, I don't want to say a year. I think it was six months. So shit just started popping off. You see, during this part of my life, like I left to go to Phoenix and didn't know really anybody. Like I left all mm-hmm. my friends behind. So I had some friends come in on their honeymoon. Like they were going to the Grand Canyon. They stopped off and um, like we had dinner. <laughs> that was that was literally it. Like everybody got married back home in Louisiana, and I'm like, I'm not going to fly back to Louisiana to go see your dumbass wedding. I'm sorry, like it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I got shit to do. I got supernatural to watch. <laughs> <laughs> just it just started. Have you heard about it? It's these two guys. <laughs> wait, wait. What do you mean you got to let me go? Hey, yeah, hey, hold on. Wait, back. you're going to get a kick out of this. Wait, <laughs> I wasn't. It's really good. Are you familiar with Americana Urban Legends? <laughs> Weddings are fun, but they're also very stressful, um, especially doing all of those weddings and then like being a groomsman in, in two within the same month was like all my money was gone and it was, yeah, it was fun, but it was stress, especially for my sister's wedding. Like the day of the wedding, I will never forget like that, like whirlwind of like hell because uh, her, all the groomsmen are kind of just supposed to be doing shit. It's all, you know, my brother-in-law's friends, they're all a bunch of goofballs and None of them had, like, any idea what was going on. We're supposed to be doing all these things and being at these places, and nobody has anything, like, has any idea. And my sister was like, yo, you need to, like, you need to make sure that, like, those, those fucking idiots have their shit together. I was like, yeah, uh, no sweat, sis. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, me, I got this me and Jess problem. have just been drinking in the hotel for a couple hours, but I'll go take care of everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I am definitely the responsible brother that you need in this exact moment in your life. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> it was the worst because like everything was fine. Like I was able to literally down to like the last second. Me just like yelling into a bar, saying that anybody, if anybody was there for the wedding, they needed to get in there now. <laughs> and you, it was like forty-five people got out of the bar. They're like, oh, okay, yeah. oh, 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 my bad. So I'm running around, and that was when my hair was really long. So I just like look like I'm a freaking sweaty grease bag because I was sweating so much, and you know it showed with my hair. You know, Chris, I do a lot of day drinking. I don't know if you know this about me. Like, I, do, I have noticed. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it comes across in my social media presence. Like, Not really. No. Okay. Well, I can tell. Um, <laughs> but probably the worst thing is doing the day drinking and um, just stopping at like three in the afternoon. Yes. Because, yeah, that, that hangover, like it doesn't just def- like defer itself to the next day or anything. Like you just start having it when you would normally have it if you were mm-hmm. night drinking. So it's a few hours later. So now you're just like awake through yeah. it, which is kind of the worst if you plan for it you can like you can be equipped to to deal with it as it's happening be like okay well i'm just gonna keep drinking water and eating food and then like you know chilling out and i'll be okay but most of the time you've been day drinking you're not fucking prepared for anything yeah you're not even if you like go into <laughs> day drinking thinking that you're by the time you're done with day drinking you're, you're coming out of that on the other end a completely different person yeah life's different and probably just one that wants to hit a daiquiri on the drive-thru on the way home you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> Day drinking is one of my favorite things, though. I just don't do it oh, a lot. I never have the opportunity to do it. Uh, we had some friends down uh, from Michigan. They drove mm-hmm. in. It was their 10th wedding anniversary. Um, and they drove. They didn't drive in. They flew into New Orleans. And they were going to be there all week. Somehow we decided that Wednesday was the best way to the best day to hang out that night. And uh, I, may, I think I messaged you a few times the Thursday morning. But uh, you've never been to New Orleans, right? No. Okay, so this thing happens in New Orleans, and it happens to everybody, and it's fine. It's totally okay if this happens to you, too. Like, you go down, and you're like, I'm a reasonable human being. I'm going to go out. We're going to have dinner. Maybe we'll get some drinks at, like, the the Tiki Bar afterwards. But, you know, by midnight, I'm probably going to be back in my hotel room. So you do all of those things, and you go, and you're like, okay, well, we finished at the Tiki Bar. The Tiki Bar closed, but it's New Orleans, and we can literally just walk in somewhere and get another drink. Like, let's just go do that. So then you start, like, kind of bouncing from, like, okay, I'm going to get a beer over here. I'm going to go get a hurricane, or I'm going to go get a margarita or whatever. And since it's New Orleans, like, you don't have to worry about staying someplace because you can just wander out on the street with your drink and wander <laughs> yeah. to a different place. And then, like, all of a sudden, you wake up the next morning, and there's, like, a half – Styrofoam container open for some reason <laughs> with last night's hurricane left over. There's like a crust of a pizza that you don't remember buying, which is kind of scary. And then you look at your phone and it's just filled with like weird pictures and selfies that you took with, this pe- with these people. And you're like, um, excuse me. <laughs> so that's what happens in New Orleans. And it's, it's, it's really fun, but I can only do it like maybe once or twice a year. Like that's yeah. about the most New Orleans I have in me. It sounds like it would be quite quite a lot. It sounds really fun, but it sounds like it'd be a lot to deal with. It's it's it is fun. It is fun until you like until you wake up the next day. I had to drive uh, four hundred miles the next morning to go to a uh, work appointment, which again was not not a good place to be. Nope, so. nope, doesn't nope. sound like it. Nope. Uh, you want to do a podcast? Nah, just kind of want to bullshit a little bit and then go watch Game of Thrones. So what my, I'm do this exactly, later. That's exactly what I'm going to do. <clears throat> so this uh, this weekend I had to like change up my diet just to see, because I'm like, I'm pretty sure 
that I, I I do have some like stomach problems, like I'm lactose intolerant and shit, but whatever. Jess was like, "You might have a gluten allergy," and I was like, "If you think I'm giving up beer, you're just you're gonna have to kill me before I give up beer. All right, it's just not happening." Um, and I'm not drinking gluten-free beer. That's just not a life that I'm ready or willing to live, to be frank. So, we, I've just been trying to eat like a little bit better and 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 take or keep an eye on the shit that I eat and what I'm consuming. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's helped. I feel like I feel a little bit better. Uh, but also I haven't drank in like two weeks and that's kind of killing me. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know what gluten-free beer would look like. Do they have that? I'm sure someone has made gluten-free. Beer I think, I think that there is a gluten-free beer, uh, but that's, I, it doesn't matter because it's not a life I'm willing to live. I bet it has an extraordinarily, like, twee name, too. Oh, it's gonna be something fucking awful. Five gluten-free beers that are actually worth drinking, according no. to foodrepublic.com. Eat shit, Food Republic. You fucking drink them if they're so good. Let's see. Blah, blah, blah. Just want the beers. Harvester Fresh. Dogfish Head Tweezened Ale. Oh. Uh... One called the Epic Glutenator, which is exactly what I was expecting to ha- see with the, this entire article. Yep. Uh, 6.8% ABV on that Epic Glutenator, by the way. So even if it tastes bad, you won't need a lot of them before you're feeling pretty good. Omission Pale Ale. Oh. Do you get that? Do you, do you get it? The omission? Oh. You got it? Oh. Like nocturnal omission. No, scratch that. No, no, uh, omission, not emission. No, I know, I know what you said. <laughs> not, I was not. trying to work it into that somehow. It didn't work. <laughs> All right. Red leather, yellow leather. I'm ready. He thrusts his fist against the post and still insists he sees the ghost. I thought that was made up for it. Is it? This is. The second time we've had that conversation. Was it? Well, I know it's from it, but is it like a real thing? I don't know. I have no idea. It might be a real thing. I learned it from it. Like I learned um, how to have sex with underage kids. (laughs) That's where I learned that from. Um, Spoilers. Yeah. (laughs) Wonder if that's going to be in the new movie. What if that Stranger Things kid is going to get down (laughs) with that chick? Stephen King was a fucking weirdo, huh? He still is. Also, uh, giant turtles. Like, what if the giant turtle of enormous girth is going to show up? Yeah. No, he's not. <laughs> but what is the girth that's enormous about the turtle? He's fucking huge, Jeremy. He's, he's just a whole... fat-ass turtle, is what they're he... saying, so he doesn't have a big, fat turtle cock. He's got is... the, the fucking earth upon his back. Back upon his earth. Back. I can't remember how their rhyme goes. <laughs> earth back. Earthback. That's definitely bird and bear and hair and fish. I just I'm very close to finishing Wizards and Glass. So Dark Tower like fucks me up because it, yeah, it's it's bad. It was such a real part of my life. Like I believed it to almost to an extent. Like I almost believed that it was real because of the way that Stephen King would like weave shit in, and I was 13 and incredibly impressionable. Yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't like normal fantasy stuff that was no. clearly not real. It, like, like it, you know, you, you start you have orcs singing your dumbass like songs. Yeah. Tolkien, obviously it's going to take me out of it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that more than most things I can say that the Dark Tower changed my life. But the way that it affected me as like a a young 
thinker, I don't know if that's the right word, like a young reader, like it, mm-hmm. it definitely had like a profound effect on the way that I, I thought about things. Oh, definitely. Like I remember uh, reading The Stand extremely early and then like way too young as a kid. I don't know what my mom was thinking to let me have access <laughs> to The Stand when I was in sixth grade. Like that right. doesn't seem like a good move. Uh, but like I remember um, – like the Dark Tower deals with the multi multiple universes that kind of bleed over one another, but in Wizards and Glass, I especially remember uh, there's a moment where like they find a like a letter and it's something that somebody wrote down and it talks about Abigail being in the West while the the Dark Man is in the East or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm like, holy shit, that's from the stand. Yeah, yeah. Holy yeah. shit, these books are connected. And like you know, fourteen, fifteen years old reading this shit for the first time and just having my mind fucking blown about yeah. this and. Like that was my intro for all of this like multiple universe theory. So I watched different sci-fi after that, and I'm like, oh yeah, Stephen King did this. Like, yeah. <laughs> clearly not the yeah. first person that did it, but like I, I was think, just prepared. <laughs> I think they republished all the Dark Tower books in 2003 when when King came out with the uh, revised editions or uh, the revised oh, yeah. edition of the Gunslinger. So it yeah, was suddenly yeah, yeah. it was everywhere, and that's how I ended up with the, with the first book. And 24 September 2014, I believe was when the seventh book came out. So I was very fortunate in not having to ever wait at all. I had to wait between the, the sixth and the seventh book, and that was it. Uh, but, like, it was an entire full-on year of my life dedicated to the Dark Tower, and it was fucking wild. Like, all this, the music I would started to listen to, these movies I would watch, like, everything that was referenced in the Dark Tower, I wanted to, like, seek it out and, like, put it in my brain because I was so obsessed with it. It's so good. Like, I just, I just wanted to consume it all. I'm... Oh man, I just so worried about this movie. I'll be there day yeah. one, but like I, I have Same. zero expectations for this movie to be anything like I want it to be. Mm-hmm. It's hard, like it's just it's so deeply rooted in my brain and in so many other people's brains that even if it's a fucking kick-ass movie, it's still going to be one of those things you have to really, really be able to divorce yourself from the source material. And that's that's going to be the thing is, um, and I've I've done that with like comic book movies and other mm-hmm. book adaptations over the years, right? Like I've I've been there, like so you, you kind of have to be able to do that, or else it's just not gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna. I don't know why Autumn just texted me this, but I need to send it to you. So. Oh my god! <laughs> Does it? Does it come with the little Sam and Dean dolls? I, so for the listeners out there, number one, go go to your 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 notes and go click on the link. It's the it's the link from a hot topic. You can't miss it. Oh, dude, Sam and Dean figures included. Dude, we have to get these. I think we absolutely have to get these. And for some reason, she has also discovered a supernatural Fitbit. What? Why? Okay, what I'm is going she to the doing? pop culture section of... It would be under TV, I guess. Why is she sending me... Oh, this little step counter is only $8. So it can't be that good. <laughs> Damn. They really go all, all out with the merch. Yeah, I went out, we went into a Hot Topic at the mall. And I was like, first of all, this is weird. I shouldn't be in here. Um, and I sent you the picture of like the t-shirt. But there's like a huge Supernatural section. Yeah, and I was which like, I find very bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a little bit strange, but it's so clearly aimed at like middle school girls because that's who's at Hot Topic or high school girls who are like, oh, I want to get like a shirt with you know Castiel on it, and then comes in this fucking adult man, and I'm like, yo, Jess, uh, 
You, would you mind taking a look at it, those over there, really quick for me? Uh, let me know uh, what that t-shirt looks like, because I don't want to pick it up myself. Okay, hold on. Are you are you ready for this? I am ready. Supernatural, chibi, no show, socks. What the fuck? Five pairs, eleven dollars. Seems like a bargain. Uh, Chris, I want you to. I'm gonna send you this. Uh, I want you to describe what um these socks are, maybe from from left to right for me, just so that we can. <sighs> So we can talk about it. A so little the bit. okay. So the first one is a nice uh, a nice pair that says. First of all, they're all labeled with the like trademark for the WB. Let's just get that out of the way, uh, right? Is that yeah, what these are uh, officially licensed. It does say the WB. Is that does it really say WBL? It's, it's whatever. Yes, it's yeah. TM at WBFL or whatever. Maybe that's yeah, like a brand name. Who knows? Okay, so the first one is the the Devil's Trap or the uh, not the Devil's Trap the. The symbol, the tattoo that the boys have. The anti-possession tattoo. Yeah, yeah the yeah. logo that we use for the podcast. The next one is like... <laughs> logo of the show. <laughs> the next one is like th- like an anime drawing that I did when I was in sixth grade of Sam. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think he's holding the the journal, Dad's journal, maybe? He's gotta be. Chris, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be real honest with mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. I thought they, at first glance, before I zoomed in, I've, and the reason I had you talk about this, I really thought they had dressed up or drawn Sam as an actual moose. <laughs> with the brown hair, yeah, it really and the brown jacket, like yeah. Like if you just kind of look at it and glance away, I was like, "Oh shit!" They drew as an actual. <laughs> I can't specify enough or, or, or emphasize enough that it it really looks like a child drew this picture, uh, and they put it on a sock, and uh, it also just says Sam. So if your name mm-hmm. is Sam, you're fucking you're in luck. You have socks with your name on it right there. Um, next, we have the same thing. Dean looks like his eye is the is the size of like I don't even I don't even know it's it's the most anime eyeball you can you can get. It is it is number one. It is has this weird slant to it, which I associate with anime, which yep. may or may not be fair to anime fans out there, but that's that's what I'm going to associate with it. And it's also at least a quarter of his entire face. Yep, like twenty five percent of his face is eyeball, mm-hmm. if not more. Um. The the way he's drawn, it looks like he has a beer gut. I don't know if you're seeing this, Jeremy. But yes, that's... I was going to talk about how fat Dean looks in this picture. It's, yes, I'm glad I'm glad you brought this it, up. It's like <laughs> they just had to try and make him look shorter than Sam, so they, he ended up just looking really squished and fat. He now does... moving on to Castiel. Yeah, Castiel is that's good. He's okay. I, I, you know what? It actually isn't bad. Like they've got them clear blues, them clear blue eyes, crystal blues. And... They, he's got like little shitty wings, so I guess that's they're, accurate. They or look, yeah. There again, looks like it was drawn by me in the sixth grade. Also, looks like he has a little pot belly working there. Like all yeah. of these, maybe that's why. That's maybe that's what makes him chibi. Yeah, that <laughs> that's what it is. That's what it is. And the final pair of socks, probably the most normal ones, just say Team Free Will on them, which is uh, is that what? It, okay, yeah. Because I was sitting here seeing because. You can only see the first two letters of each word, so it yeah. just says T E F R W I, and I was like, T- "What?" But yeah, Team Free Will makes, makes so a lot just more sense. quick quick glance at some of this other merch. They've got those Impala figures. They've got pajama pants. They've got bracelets that say "Bitch and Jerk" on them for you and your BFF. Sure, yeah, that's they've got a double sided body pillow. I bet you know it's on both sides of that body pillow. One's one is Dean, one is Sam. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
Let's see, lots of t-shirts. I'm team free will. Supernatural, supernatural symbols, panty, five pack. Yep. Sold five my different soul panties there. To save Dean. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. Pretty sure you haven't earned that shirt. Nope. Only Sam can wear that. Uh, uh, protected by Castiel arm bracelet. Great. Uh, we got uh, mm-hmm. we got Dean's girl. That's on a shirt. That's a good one. There's a boy wearing this one, and it's just the um, anti possession thing. Okay. Driver picks the music. Shotgun Air freshener. Cake hole. That's a good T-shirt. Oh, I'm, the- I'm seeing like a little ta- like a little cassette tape, a faux cassette tape that just says uh, "Driver picks the music," and it's an air freshener. It's so great. So yeah. so many great lines. You know what? I'm not going to put um, all of these into the show notes, listeners. If you if you're interested in this, you can just go to your local Hot Topic. Which I remember <laughs> when Hot Topic opened, and like everybody in my small rural town thought it was like the devil store. It is. So seeing here, like I am. Oh man, you can just buy a Ramon shirt, huh? That's a thing yeah, that can happen. Mm-hmm. You can buy the the Sam figure that I saw at that other store. And it, he looks like a foot. He just has I don't understand. I don't understand anything about what Hot Topic sells, Chris. It's, None of this stuff looks it, interesting to me at all. It's for children, and I think that is super for children. Yeah. I have to. Uh, I'm going to step out of the room for a second because I feel like I'm going to pass out from the seat. I'll be right back. Well, that certainly bodes well for the next two hours of this podcast. I don't, uh, I'm not as funny as Chris when Chris just, when I leave and Chris just random rant, see, I can't even finish the sentence, just rants into the mic for no reason and it's always funny, so I don't really know what to say. I, um, I've had a pretty good day, pretty good week at work, been doing some successful stuff at work. I don't talk about my work a lot on podcasts because it's pretty boring, but I like it. That's a lie. I don't really like it. It's. I mean, it's fine. It's a job, right? But like, I'm, I'm not out here saving lives. I'm not saving people, hunting things. And well, technically, I am in the family business because I, I kind of work for my dad. So maybe, maybe that's better than the alternatives. Okay, I'm back. I'm going to keep the uh, door open for a minute because I was getting lightheaded. You ever think that we should just have a t-shirt of the logo? Like, would somebody want to just buy that? Like, for the, you know, the the normies out there? Yeah, I think that would be legit. Um, it just, it, it just feels like it's such a, like, and I guess not. I guess I haven't seen this. I don't know why I think it would be a common shirt. But I, I guess because I see the symbol everywhere. Oh, well, yeah. Think that. Do the symbol, like, the little thing that we have. The symbol that says Monster of the Week, Supernatural Podcast. Like, people would probably be like, oh, yeah, that one's simple. I'm not, like, a... Uh, I don't want to wear this photoshopped. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a f- Georgian painting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fun or interesting person, and I don't want fun or interesting version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just want some plain ass tees. You know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm yeah. here for plain supernatural tees, which is my plain white tees cover band. So. Oh, great! <laughs> Shout out! Shout out! Friend of the show, plain white tees. Hi, buddies. <laughs> okay, we ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it.